what's out there. That's why I'm a girl. Hi, and welcome back to Wild Dream, where we give you the freshest takes on the latest movies. My name is David. And my name's Daniel. Hey, Daniel. Are you at the Barbie? <laughs> no, I'm over at Oppenheimer, because I don't like Barbie, and I don't like shrimp on the Barbie either. I like kangaroos, and I like boomerangs, because they come right back to you. So the reason why Daniel the re- is talking, <laughs> the reason why Daniel is talking with an Australian accent uh, is because I want to get better. We went to uh, <laughs> go see an Australian movie. We did. Yeah, and you know that this movie was Australian because the forty-two companies that made this movie, uh, <laughs> half of them are called Australian something something something. That's right. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that is just a very simple reference to the fact that we felt like there's like forty-two logos before the movie. I'm like, Jesus Christ, guys, chill out. Um, and speaking of doing too much before the movie, we're doing too much before introducing what we saw, which was. Talk to me. Too furious. And we... (laughs) um, Um, Look who's talking to me. (laughs) Look who's talking to me too furious. And And, yeah, so this movie... (laughs) um, You know, listen, we're not saying that the movie's title was very creative, but the movie itself, not too bad. Um, This movie is uh, the newest A24 horror movie. Ever heard of him? Ever heard of him? Ever heard of him? Ever heard of him? And you know what? Daniel was really excited about this one. I, when I saw the trailer, I was a little bit nervous. And I'll tell you guys why. Tell us. Well, first of all, we haven't had that much luck with the A24 horror movies lately. We weren't big fans of men. My biggest fear, actually, with this with this movie after seeing the trailer was this. I was afraid that the movie was going to follow the same structure as The Boogeyman, Smile, Truth or Dare, uh, you know, all of these movies, all of those movies that are, are like that, right? The Bye Bye Man, that's another one. Uh, God, it's hard to remember how many of these shitty movies have been made, right? If you haven't heard my rant about this before, uh, go listen to our Smile episode uh, and then go onto our fucking Instagram, you fake fan. Fake and ass. Listen and watch, listen and watch our bonus reviews. And I bonus reviewed uh, the, the Boogeyman. That came out recently. Uh-huh. And I had the same complaint about that movie, right? I was like, this is all the same plot structure. Here's the plot structure. Uh, uh, a supernatural phenomenon is happening to a character. That character dies from the supernatural phenomenon. Then we get to our main characters. The main characters experience the supernatural phenomenon. And they are you know, freaking out. They don't believe it at first. And they have to believe it. And then in order to solve the issue of their supernatural phenomenon, they investigate it by going back to find the people who were related to the original thing that you saw at the beginning of the movie. Those people tell them, hey, don't deal with this stuff. And if you did, you're fucked. You're already dead. And they're like, well, there's no way. I'm going to be the one to defeat them. So then they go and try to a new (laughs) method to defeat the supernatural phenomenon and then they think that they are successful and the movie ends with them not being successful sound familiar hey settle down okay i refuse (laughs) and let me tell you something okay let me tell you something here's here's a little bit of history for you okay here's another movie oh shit here we go again. This is right. Here we go again. <laughs> David's going to rant about this fucking style of movie. Here's a little bit of film history for you. Do you want to know another movie that has this same plot structure? Um, uh, th- three, two, one, go. The, the ring. ring. It's the ring. ring. If you guys go back and watch The Ring, 
The Ring has the exact same plot structure as this. Now, of course, The Ring, I think, did it a lot better. And you're thinking, dang, did The Ring start this? Did The Ring, you know, were they the catalyst for this this shitty type of movie that's so easy to make and, and, and just total bullshit? Um, no, actually. If I had to think, the first movie that I can think of in my head that follows this exact same plot structure is The Changeling. But here's the difference, though. The Changeling is loosely based off of a true story. Also based off a story right here in Colorado, baby. Let's hey. go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, can you turn that down? <laughs> forgot about I forgot about that one. The Changeling, he moves into... The, so at the beginning of the movie, we see that the people who were living in that house left they abandoned the house because they went crazy because of a supernatural phenomenon he moves into the house he starts to go crazy so he investigates it by asking the people who originally sold him the house what was happening they go to a paranormal psychic and then they tell him who the thing is and he's like i'm going to change this by finding out what you actually want from me and then solving your problem but <laughs> do not make me close this laptop. Dan, this laptop's so old. If I close this, you're never going to get to restart. I got a couple of comments uh, and messages that, that they want this. They actually want the podcast to be 80% sound drops. Yeah. Uh, yeah, apparently. Apparently. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the changeling did it first. IMO. I don't know. I've never. I haven't seen all movies. Right. But that's the oldest movie I can think of that has this plot structure. But the difference is that the Changeling ends with him being successful, where whereas all these other movies they end with. Turns out you actually didn't. Yeah. Kill the fake. Monster. Fake happy. The fake that's happy. That's usually the yeah. yeah so, the but here's here's where all of this is coming to a head for this movie. Okay. Uh huh. There is another movie. Here we go. One more movie that I'm gonna bring up. Oh shit. Here we go again. That follows the same plot structure. And tell me if I'm wrong, Daniel. Okay. It follows. Yeah, it follows. Uh, it follows. I'm kind of, I have a, uh, what's the word? Like, I have a bone to pick, I guess. A bo- I got a bone to pick. So, <laughs> it follows seems to be the the movie that people always reference when any of this plot structure happens. Right. People is, go, oh, this is just like It Follows. It's like, It Follows, ironically enough, uh, like the name, it followed everyone else. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, Well, and, but here's the thing, though. We don't talk about It Follows the same way that we talk about The Bye-Bye Man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The Bye-Bye Man. Like, they're such different movies. And I think that the way, reason why they're such different movies is that It Follows did do a good job of removing some of the treating the audience like an idiot type of stuff that gets really annoying in these shitty horror movies. And I loved It Follows. I thought it was a great, I still think it's a great movie. And so it's like, okay, well, we take this exact same plot structure. How did they make this work? Well, you know, this isn't an episode about It Follows, but I think it's worth mentioning because in this movie, you know, I won't say this movie follows this plot structure beat for beat, but it's pretty damn close. But it wasn't egregious. I would not put this movie in the same category as The Bye Bye Man and Truth or Dare and Smile and all those movies. It's really close. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think a couple of things here and there could have been removed to make it better. And I think a couple of things here and there could have been more accentuated to make it better. But I won't. I, like I said, I just don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's in the same categories as those movies in terms of quality, I guess. Yeah, or plot. Yeah, you're right. It's because um, it's not exactly it, beat for beat. It, it, they do stray from the the format. Right. It it, it toes the line, uh, pun intended, and we'll under, we'll get more into that pun later. Um, <laughs> God damn it! Fuck <laughs> you. But uh, but yeah, no. Uh, 
I expected this too. I I was like, I expected a good horror. I was kind of hyped for this movie because I saw the trailer and I was like, that looks kind of bad. And then now that the movie's been out, it's getting a lot of really good reviews, both from people I admire. Uh, Flying Lotus, I mentioned it's going to be a classic. Um, uh, the A24 subreddit is just like, oh my God, this is as good as Hereditary. Like, this is absolutely on Hereditary level. Um, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, oh wow, like this is getting crazy. And the reason that I started to buy into it is because I was like, okay, I didn't like the trailer because it looked bad, but the trailer didn't show a goddamn thing. That's very true. The trailer was. Was good. It did make it seem like it was one of these movies, right? Right. Which we need to find a fucking name for these movies. You know what I'm saying? But like, yeah, yeah. It looked like The Ring, you know. But it, it was. I. You're right. It didn't show enough for me to be like for sure. I'm gonna skip this because it's gonna be the same bullshit. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, we went and saw it. So let's talk about it. Yeah. I thought we were. Should we talk about it? <laughs> you're talking about other movies and plot structures. Well, talk to me. <laughs> talk to me. Spoiler free talk. You know, do, what, what do you what do you yeah. what you know fresh thoughts what what do you think spoiler free what are you thinking? Here's what I'm thinking, truthfully. I thought the uh I guess th- I don't know where where in the movie this was. In my head it's in the middle. The middle of the movie was very uh, captivating and uh, good, just good, different, emotional, uh, s- scary, interesting, new angle on something. And the rest of the movie was boring and not very good. And oh, God, I mean, it's just there's like this small section of this movie where I see so much potential and and loved. And felt totally in, like I was in. And there's some ideas and decisions that they do uh, when they introduce the game that I really liked. So this little small decisions that I liked. But I will say, after the halfway mark of the movie, I was out. I w- they just kept falling further and further and further off of a cliff to me. I thought it got worse as it went on. It, it peaks in the middle, um, the middle being the... Uh, the big event that happens that right. kind of changes everything. So that's why I guess I'm saying and it's, it's not like, but it, it seems it's like, crazy it's like 20 because, minutes in at the same time. You know, you know. would think it's like, like that's almost the inciting incident, which it comes almost halfway through the movie. Yeah. You know what I'm it's not technically, you know, it's like, Oh, when they say talk to me, that's the, but it's like, that's not the call to action. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's, not. it's this, what you're talking about, which we'll get, we'll get to in spoiler talk. But I think you're right. Like when you think about what the actual call to action is, it is halfway through the movie. And it's like, yeah. this is both the inciting incident and the climax, which means the pacing was way off. Way off. You're right. Yeah, which I felt, I felt uh, once we got to the first, like talk to me and they show how it works. I was like, damn, it took like 30 minutes to get to the first. You know, it felt like I felt, felt that, that way, way too. Yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. God, we've just been being in people's houses all day. Like, it's just really boring uh, uh, location as well. It's just a, being inside of a house a bunch. Like, right. I don't know. It's just like super. Uh, ugh. Yeah, it's all over the place. This movie is all over the place in, in certain ways. And it's disappointing. Um I, yeah, I'll, we'll get into obviously our, our detailed thoughts and our actual ratings, but I will go ahead and say 
this is nowhere near hereditary. Okay. So <laughs> it's nowhere near. This is closer to factor like, cap. This movie's on the same level as hereditary. <laughs> uh, cap. Uh, this is, I mean, even just take all the horror elements away. Take all just filmmaking alone. I mean, this is clearly made by, uh, people not as talented as Ari Aster, right? It's like yeah. just filmmaking alone. Not but, as insane. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably better off in there. <laughs> yeah, better off for their personal lives that they're... You know what? Sometimes yeah. to be a genius, you gotta be fucked up. A little bit. You gotta be a little crazy. But yeah, just... Uh, I'm a little disappointed that I keep seeing that. I keep... And I don't know why that's where they go with this movie. I mean, I... Like, in my personal opinion, this is closer to, like, Autopsy of Jane Doe for where where it's like... I don't even think it reaches that mark, but yeah. It reaches that mark in a tier for me, although I do think uh, Jane Doe is probably better, um, all things considered. I would rather watch that one again. I think I, w- I, think I would too, but I'd, mm, I don't know which scenes I would rather watch. Um, yeah. We can play the comparing game all day. We could. Yeah. But um, uh, I do see potential in some of the scenes and some of the choices I'm like, oh, this is, you know, but uh, one of my classic, uh, uh, one of my classic comments on all a ton of episodes, this would be better as a short. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I feel like we haven't said that one in a while. Mm-hmm. Like we always say it would be better shorter, but it has been a while yeah. since we said this would be better as a short. I actually agree with that uh, pretty extensively too, because in my head, I'm like, if you take away all of the bullshit plot structure of this fucking repetitive you know, nonsense, um, then you could have done the same movie taking away those plot points that I pointed out at the beginning of the episode and then just playing the movie straight like that. It'd actually be a better movie and it would be a short, you know, it'd yeah. be a 30 minute you know, movie. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying with that. Like I can tell you right now, like if anybody is comparing this movie to hereditary, let me tell you why. The only reason they're doing that is they're comparing the body horror. Like that's, that's the only thing that comes to mind for me because this movie is like a good mixture of body horror and, you know, paranormal stuff. That's why I think that they're comparing it because, you know, hereditary is like that. But even then the body horror and hereditary is fucking insane. You know what I'm saying? Like, so even that is not on the same level as the body horror and hereditary. I like, okay, here's some positives about this movie. Okay. And, and why I don't think it's as bad. Like it falls into that, that terrible too. I don't think it's as bad as smile. Um, oh, no way. First thing is I felt like the characters were uh, like, OK, so let me the main characters were more natural. The main characters felt like real people. Um, the All the side characters did not at all. <laughs> they felt fake as fuck. The most made up caricatures of, you know, uh, teenagers ever. But the main characters felt very realistic. In fact, one of the you know side characters was with the best character in the whole movie. And she felt the most like a real person. Um and uh, I don't think that they did too much of the like, bro, teens are like this like, kind of <laughs> stuff, um, which the trailer made it seem like it was. Right. right. The, the trailer, trailer did very much that, made yeah. it seem like whatever, um, which, you know, I, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. They didn't bring right. up social media a yeah. ton and shit like that. Yeah, or yeah. they didn't bring any slang in, which if they did, it was Australian slang and we didn't even fucking get it. <laughs> so, but still. Um, and I do think that a lot of the visuals were really well done. I think the shot compositions were well done and things, but I would say, honestly, like 
this is a weird thing to be my favorite thing in the movie. You know what I'm saying? Like the thing I think they did the best, but it was the sound design for me. I thought the sound design was fantastic because it's so dramatic. Like normally it's like, Oh, the better the sound design, the less you realize it. You know what I'm saying? Like if you do a fantastic job on sound, no one knows you did a fantastic job on sound. And this one's like, the sound is off. Like it's like wrong, but I think it contributes so well to the movie and they do it like, you know, early on. And so like the sound design is just very unique for this movie that I think, you know, is another element to the movie that keeps it from being super bland. And at the beginning of the movie, it's just like, what the, why is, the, why does it sound like this? And then later in the movie, it's like really good. Right. Um, now some of the, the negatives, I, I agree that the movie, the pacing was terrible, 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 terrible pacing. Um, you know, I, we, like my, our mom like mentioned potentially wanting to come see this movie with us and I'm glad she didn't cause she'd be asleep. She would have fallen asleep. Yeah, she would not have cared about this at all. She wouldn't have given a shit. (laughs) So, uh, but it's like, you know, and not that she's the litmus test for boring because she gets bored pretty easily, but uh, (laughs) still, it's just like, yeah, the first like section of this movie, I I would agree with you. I was like, man, they took a long ass time to say the name of the movie. We know when they're going to say it. Um, Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that some of the metaphors that I think that they were going for were... Either I didn't get I didn't get the movie or it was too on the nose for me, you know, and I don't think that every movie has to have a message like that. You know, I think sometimes when a movie is just shit that happens, it's like more entertaining. You know what I'm saying? And when it's too much of a reflection of reality, it's just like, oh, OK, well, you know, what what were you, you know, you had more things that you wanted to say than you wanted to show. And that's a problem to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, as you're talking about it, it's just like. Man, the 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 fact that this is an hour and forty plus minutes, uh, I believe, and I'm like trying to really think back on the horror and, uh, I guess like the disturbing, the the supernatural, any of this stuff, um, the the actual seance itself that we see, and it feels like it was like ten percent of the movie, <laughs> like. It's the some of the most engaging parts of the movie were the least amount that they showed. Right. And we talked about uh, Oppenheimer feeling bloated, and this felt as bloated as a three-hour movie. Right. Like exactly. It, it, it goes back to exact, exactly what you said. You a lot know, of this, filler. This could have been a, a short. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it probably is based off one. It probably is. Let's be honest. Yeah. I'm sure that it is, and yeah. I'm sure you know, like they had to figure something out. And hey, the the longer you try to make a movie, the close like if you're trying to write a horror movie. The longer you try to make it, the the faster you get to that bullshit plot structure, which is, you know, why half of fucking horror movies that come out these days are that same plot structure. And uh, I, I understand that, like, you know, action movies are the same way. You know, they all follow the hero's journey. And that's like a documented, like, writing technique that is like so fucking old that it's used in, you know, Greek mythology is the hero's journey. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, uh, Hercules is the fucking hero's journey. So, like, I get that, you know, getting away from those storytelling um you know, cliches are, it's really hard to do. So I'm not faulting this movie for all the things that they did for that, because I get why they felt they needed to, but again, it would have been better without them. And yeah, and yeah it is, it is fucking hard. It is hard to do, but that's more worth of a movie making, you know, it's a movie worth making more. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's how I feel about it. But I mean, I, I think to really make you guys understand where we're coming from, we got to talk spoiler talk. Yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and get uh, into spoilers. Talk to me. (laughs) 
<laughs> Are you good, bro? Spoiler alert. Talk to me too furious. <laughs> I love that joke. Talk to me is about a group of friends who discover how to conjure spirits using an embalmed hand, and they become hooked on the new thrill until one of them goes too far and unleashes terrifying supernatural forces. <laughs> you sound like Patrick from SpongeBob. Ooh. Hey, Spider. No, this is Patrick. Patrick. God tear joke. This movie starts with with a cold open. With a cold open. <laughs> um, do you remember the plot structure I mentioned earlier? If you don't, go back to the beginning of the episode. Listen to that. Now come back to this point. The movie <laughs> opens with a character we do not know trying to find another character we do not know. That character that he finds turns out to be severely possessed by a supernatural force. That character stabs the other character, which is his brother, by the way, and then walks out a little bit and stabs himself in the eye. In the eye, baby. I wish I could appreciate the visual of this scene. I think the one long take of this scene is done really well. I think that the extra blocking is really done really well. Like the blocking of the extras. Yep. Was done really, really well. It felt like an actual party. Right. Yeah. And the way they reacted to someone being stabbed felt natural and, you know, reactive. And even to the degree of two people not knowing what the fuck is going on, they're like, why is everyone running? Yeah. Oh, shit, that dude has a knife. <laughs> like, instead of just like, we're too cool to run when everyone else runs. Like that kind of bullshit. Um, so, yeah, it's just like a. Like, I, yeah, like I said, the blocking and the shooting and all that is so great. But immediately when I'm watching the scene, I'm like, those are the two. Those are the, that's the guy. That's the guy that they're the brother that he just had. They're going to have to go talk to him and ask him, hey, remember when that happened? How you? do you get rid of it? How do you get rid of this? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> and uh, uh, so I know that you mentioned you liked the sound design uh, on the movie. And I hated, I hated any time music was playing. Oh, I, I don't even remember music in this so movie. So a lot at of all. a ton of a ton of uh, scenes include them going to a house and they're playing a bunch of oh I, boom, yeah boom, they boom, they boom, bodies boom, they do the Australian version of bodies 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 yeah tons it's, of songs it's the same song it's the same coming out of nowhere becoming the main track of the the sound design and then you know playing whatever um, and it's the same like oh this is supposed to go hard as fuck bro but it's Australian rap so like that's the only difference but it, it's literally the music that plays in this movie is as bad. In terms of its introduction and the, the way it plays as bodies, bodies, bodies. And my issue is not even with the music quality. It is with the fact that I it drowns out every single piece of dialogue. I can't hear anything that they're right. saying. And I, I it just drives me insane. Like Maybe that, I should have said fully designed. <laughs> because, yeah, it's just like, it, especially genuinely, if, it, if you're going for realism... If, uh, if you're at a party and it's going, you wouldn't go, hey, did you? Uh, no way, bro. Right. Shut, like, uh, I hated it. I wouldn't every, know. every scene with me, <laughs> every scene, you've never been invited to a party. <laughs> no, I'm a fucking loser. <laughs> to be fair, though, if this movie is an accurate representation of parties, I don't want to fucking go to any parties. That looked lame as shit. Well, yeah, every that's true. Everywhere they went looked, yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, I just I just wanted to point that out. I, I Every scene with music uh, playing in the background, you could not hear the dialogue. And it's already hard enough to understand from the accents so it was just like damn I don't okay whatever whatever you <laughs> stupid typical American ugh 
<laughs> you stupid American. Oh, you stupid you American. You are not Australian like me. No, you are not. <laughs> <laughs> Actual Canadians. Oh, oui, oui. <laughs> Actual Canadians. I am uh, from Canada. Yeah, I'm know. from uh, Toronto. Ever heard of it? <laughs> uh, Drake, you ever heard of Drake? <laughs> yeah. Justin Bieber? No. Okay. <laughs> you fucking stupid. <laughs> Is it a rogging? <laughs> <laughs> Seth Rogen Seth Rogen and uh, his brother Joe <laughs> his brother Joe, Joe Rogen You ever heard of him? Uh, if you guys want to know what happened in this movie In between this opening scene And this party scene The answer is absolutely fucking nothing There you go So the party scene is when we finally get to this part The only thing you learn about this character Is that her mom is dead Right and then she talks to everybody in her life about how, the fact that her mom is dead. Now, there is yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Is, is this the. Let's see if we can just like. Here's the plot uh, that gets set up in this really long ass setup that we talked about. So her mom's dead. She might have some kind of weird flirtation with her best friend's boyfriend. Right. Um, she <laughs> has a strong relationship with her best friend and her best friend's family. Yeah, she there we and go. And they're in Australia and you know this because <laughs> they come across a dying kangaroo. That's right. So you know like a scene in a horror movie where they come across like a dying deer? It's like that, but it's a kangaroo. <laughs> it's a kangaroo because it's out there in the outback. In the outback. Kiki Myers. You're clipping. <laughs> But it's Australian, so you're not clipping. <laughs> so you're not clipping. You're actually too quiet and you go louder. You gotta go louder. <laughs> so you know, they come across a kangaroo. Who, who hasn't seen a kangaroo on the side of the road? I know another one. I don't know how to do the accent. It's so hard. It, it's hard to sustain. It's so <laughs> difficult to do that fucking accent. Especially because like, you, know, you have New Zealand as well, which is different. Right. And that one's like seven. <laughs> like to say seven. Seven. Like it's so. Dang, anyways. Is Bluey from New Zealand See, and that's not the Australian thing. the that, whole time? That's the thing. Fuck. It's so... Fuck, I should have lied. I should have lied. <laughs> I said I watched Bluey. I should have lied. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, I mean, I mean, I watched Steve Irwin. He's got to be Australian, right? You know that they're all in Australia because, yeah, like Dave says, they come across a kangaroo. Um, and uh, the little kid... I, I pointed this out. So we went to go see this movie with uh, Daniel's roommate, Brent. And uh, we both looked at each other during that scene because the uh, main character gets out of the car and she tells her best friend's little brother, Riley, she says, hey, stay in the car. And as soon as she gets out, he immediately gets out of the car. And we both look at each other. What the fuck? <laughs> Men. Dude, listen to your elders. So then we get to the party scene where we get introduced to the two worst characters. <laughs> oh, my God. So we have one. um Ambiguous, I think non-binary. I would say non-binary. Non-binary individual. Although they they do get called sir at a certain point. I'm just saying. Yeah, but that might just be him not respecting their pronouns. It could be. It could be. So I'm gonna say a both racially ambiguous and gender ambiguous. That's true. I got like a touch of Native American and also kinda. Hawaiian. Yeah, but also could be Mexican. But also could be white. But also could be white. <laughs> But also could be but Australian. Australian. <laughs> so they're closer to like the Philippines. Ah, so it could be Filipino, okay. Indonesian. 
Anybody who saw this movie, sub- submit your guess as to the gender race and gender. And ra- yeah. And let us tell you that you're a bigot. <laughs> no matter what you send in. You're a piece of shit. No matter what you send in, we're going to say, why would you assume that? You're going to assume that? <laughs> That's great. That's going to be a fun contest. Yeah. <laughs> So this character, uh, regardless of their race and or gender, correct, is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This character, let me define this character. This character is always sitting on something you're not supposed to be sitting on. Hey, punk and they're rock. always smoking a cigarette that they don't finish. They never, not once do they finish their cigarette all the way and then just put it out. That's they, true. They put it out early. That's true. And then light it up. I'm like, how do you, for a big exit, are cigarettes free in Australia? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know where y'all, I know like healthcare is probably more affordable, but, uh, yeah. And a lot of characters in this movie smoke, you know, which I, I thought was like, I don't know. It's not cool to smoke anymore. So fuck that dude. You're it's not, it's not. So it doesn't make this character any cooler. I didn't know it wasn't cool to smoke anymore. It's not cool to do anything. I mean, I'm not really, like, in the loop on a lot of stuff. I don't watch the news. Because I'm a kid, and apparently every time, apparently... <laughs> That's what? how I feel. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's cool as fuck <laughs> to smoke, dude. <laughs> you think it's sick, dude? Hell it's yeah. tight. Uh, so then you have this other character... Who uh, clearly has done live theater before becoming a screen actor. Um, True. And they have met one person younger than 25 uh, since they were <laughs> 20. And uh, <laughs> and they are just a caricature through and through of, I think, a frat guy? Sort of. They're like a... He's... This character, I probably would get along with. Like, you know, take the hand shit away. But uh, he just seems bubbly. <laughs> he's like very animated. I think that's why you're saying like it's very theater kid. So they are the ones who have the hand and their whole thing is that the the hand that this is how they explain it in the movie. The hand is a cera- is ceramic encasing of an actual hand that's inside of the ceramic casing of a medium and or potentially a satanist who could see and talk to dead people and they cut their hand off and encase it whatever. This character who is grieving from the loss of her mother decides that she wants to participate in using this hand. The only thing we know about this hand up to this point is that people go to these parties to watch people use it and they film them using it and post it online. And when the videos of people doing that, they just like look fucking possessed and insane. And then they look like they're having a seizure and it doesn't look fun at all. <laughs> and she's like, this looks so much fun. Like, I want to try this. Yeah. They, they think it's, it's funny. Fake. Yeah. They, well, yeah. They one of the characters yeah. thinks it's all a hoax. They want to see if it's real. So right. like, there's a curiosity there. But yeah, it is. It is a yeah. weird, like, almost like, a, like, I don't know. I, wanna, I don't want to say abstract, but it felt like. An alternate reality type of like Bo is afraid type of shit of like these people like <laughs> that was sick, dude. Love that. But it's actually like fucking horrifying. Like, right. Because the first time that yeah. she does this, she goes into this crazy episode. Yeah. And do you want to kind of give him a what the process is? Yeah. So they grab the, the ceramic can. They say, talk to me. And when they say that, a you know ghost appears in front of them and they can see the ghost. They can communicate with the ghost, but the idea is that you tell the ghost, I let you in. And when you say that, they can possess your body. 
So they say that they can only possess, like they only allow people to be possessed for 90 seconds. Now, before they grab the hand, they light a candle to open the gateway and then they have to blow it out at the end. So the two things you have to do to stop it is you have to take the hand away from the person who's holding it and you have to blow the candle out. Of course, when the demon possesses them, they make it harder and harder to pull the hand away. So, you know, that's, you know, issue number one. Yeah. And then you have to remember to blow the candle out while people are doing whatever. So when they do this, the person starts to look crazy. They look like they're like choking and dying at first. Yeah. Then their eyes go completely black. They get a little bit bigger, a little bit of CGI used in these moments. And then they do some airbrush, you know, black lips and like smile, black smile on their face of like corroding. Um, Which I kind of liked. I thought it was sick. Yeah. And then I I, I love the way that the possessions look. I'm glad they didn't just play it straight. I'm glad they did something for the possession. Same. Um, And then their voice changes significantly. Their voice changes into that person's voice. And then, you know, they have supernatural abilities. So the first time she does this, she's like turning the lights on and off and slamming the door. And it's like. It's fucking terrifying. And she's like staring at the little kid because for whatever fucking reason, they bring like the 12 year old kid to this party, (laughs) which is insane to me. She is so such a bad influence. Like (laughs) she's the worst fucking influence. But yeah, the main character is like, yeah, yeah, we'll just bring the 12 year old. And um, yeah, she keeps treating this kid who has an insane age disparity. As if they're like the same. As if they're the exact same age. I I hate that. It bothered me too. Yeah. Like, come on now. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's not a good character. Right. Like, as in, like, she's not a morally sound character. Right. She's not, yeah, a good person. <laughs> Which is very prevalent throughout the whole movie. For sure. Even even with the, I think it's part of what they're showing in that scene of her and the kangaroo. Because the little kid's like, put it out of its misery and kill it. She's like, nah, I'll call someone later. So she just lets it suffer and die. It's like, yeah, Jesus Christ. The only reason I can relate to that is it'd be hard to kill something. I know it's like putting it out of its misery, but it'd be hard. David, David, <laughs> David is shaking his head with very cold, dead stare eyes. And he apparently he does not think it would be hard to kill anything. Is that correct? It's way easier than you think. <laughs> You don't know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. So, yeah, this finally introduces the, the concept that's going to exist in this movie. Right. And the crazy, like I said, the craziest thing about this is after she's possessed and she flickers the lights on and off and then slams the door and it's all crazy, whatever. They take the hand away from her and they're like. Are you okay? And she's like, that was fucking amazing. And everyone's like, dude, that was sick, bro. We fucking love that, dude. Let's fucking go. Oh, yeah. This is where I started to be in my head a little bit. I was like, is this a metaphor for drug use? Question mark. No way. Because, you know, or even it could even be alcoholism. When people are like completely fucked up and acting like insane and people record it and they're all laughing. Like you said, like you got this weird surrealism almost like a Bo is afraid thing that happens all the time in real life with drugs and alcohol and stuff. It's like people record like, yeah. And it's like, this is amazing. And it's like, dude, you're fucking killing yourself. Like this is what? So it made sense for it to be, you know, the first, the opening scene is like that. You know, the brother is like, yo, stop fucking filming them. You know, whatever. Because again, like, you know, in that scene, it's like, oh, well they just assume he's fucked up, dude. He's fucked up, bro. We got to film this. Yeah. And it's just like, bro. And I get that. Like, that seems to be a theme these days in movies is people filming other people and they're like, bro, just stop fucking filming us. God damn. 
Because mm-hmm. even in fucking the, you know, Jennifer Lawrence movie that we saw, that was a theme in the movie. You know, like yeah. the kid is like throwing up and freaking out. And people are like, but we have to film him. Right. It's like, bro, fuck y'all. Which is un- unfortunately accurate. It's like, that's <laughs> like, but like, that's what's crazy is like the wokest generation of all time who are like completely in tune with everything are out of tune with that of like respecting people's privacy. It's like, oh, you think you're so and bystander woke because, effect. Yeah, yeah. It's like you think you're so woke and that you're like respect other people because you won't say something racially insensitive or, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you are like, you won't submit your, your guess as to what the character was. To right. Exactly. Yeah. You're one you, of those. You won't, you won't <laughs> like misgender somebody or yeah, dead name yeah. them or whatever, but you will film somebody who's having a mental breakdown. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, that is fucked up. And that is like something that generation is getting way wrong. Yeah. True. <laughs> and, and they, they show that in this movie. Like, I feel like that's, I, I do agree that it, I think exactly what you're thinking. Like that's what they're trying to reflect. And that's in those moments is yeah. that aspect of it. But, you know, like I say, it felt surreal because it's like, just like Bo's afraid where it was like, is this actually happening or is this part of their psyche? And it's like, it doesn't matter. The movie's going to play it that way. Yeah, it's going to play. Know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, cut to, Again, a bunch of filler bullshit. Yeah, you filler, know, yada, 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 yada. We do get a good scene from the mom. Mom, oh, dude, the mom is like, effect, okay. This weirdly. is the character I was talking about earlier, where she feels the most like a real person, and I love her character. And the actual best scene in this movie actually happens mm-hmm. at the end of what a sequence I didn't even like that much, and it was just. They have the two people, the two worst characters come in with, you know, to their house with just their small group of friends to do the hand thing with each other. Right. And so, you know, it starts off with the boy, the the boyfriend doing this, Daniel. And the only thing we know about him is he's super religious and he hasn't even kissed his girlfriend or anything. And we and he (laughs) used to date the main character. Daniel, do you want to tell the people what happens to Daniel when Daniel does that thing, Daniel? I will, Daniel. And, uh, yeah, before we even get into what happens here, I do want to say this is why I like some of the decision-making. So I like that in the first introduction to this hand process, we see it from the character's perspective. We know what happens when they get into this realm. Right. And it's really quick. They show a dead body, you know, a ghost, dead person, whatever, right in front of you, and it's like, boom, quick, boom, cut. Like right. just very, so it creates this surrealism and this, it puts you in that same mind, that uh, same position as a character. Yeah. It's everything's unnerving. instant for them too. Exactly. It's unnerving. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Awesome. So the reason that works even better is when you follow up and you do this again without that same perspective and you have an outsider's perspective. So now we can see it happening to someone and know what they're seeing and know what's happening. And so that, I like that. It just it creates a really cool, different perception to it. And I thought it worked really well. Now, what happens in this is Daniel gets possessed by the ghost that he lets in and they start revealing all of his inner thoughts. And he essentially starts, uh, you know, the ghost speaking through him, of course, is telling his girlfriend Hey, you fucking dry this dude up. Like he can't even get hard thinking about you. You're fucking disgusting. You're it's it's actually He don't want you. It's Jover. It's Jover. And then he looks at uh uh the main character. Main character. His ex-girlfriend. Whose name is Mia. 
Mia. That's why I said Mia Khalifa is the main character, and so she is. So, so Mio, the drink substitute. Mio, the drink substitute. It's a drink substitute. Mama not Mia, a, not a flavor enhancer. Mom, you're Mama supposed Mia to drink. Too. You're supposed to drink the whole thing of Mio, right? It's a drink replacement, right? Right. Okay, making sure. Um, so Mama Mia too. Because my two year old. Uh, so Mama Mia too. <laughs> how many can we? How many can we do? He's he starts looking at the main character Mia and he just starts kind of moaning honestly and just turns into this feral beast of horniness and is just like just while staring at the main character making it very clear that he's this this kid Daniel is attracted to Mia not his girlfriend um, and then he it goes so far that he rolls onto the rolls off the chair falls onto the ground and just starts kind of dry humping the ground a little bit or at least it's implied that maybe that's happening and then the dog runs in who the dog is one of my favorite characters in the movie right the dog was great adorable and great comedic timing walks over and starts making out with him and he's just making out with the dog like which is not the first uh, uh, weirdly oddly funny you know sexual thing sexual thing that we get in the movie right so uh, and then eventually yeah they break him out of it and then he has to wake up and realize he just made out with the dog and he's like please delete it please delete that video and everyone's like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs> no, not even. Yeah, it's, no, it's actually the worst. They're like, fuck no, dude. Fuck yeah, you. well, we're, yeah, the, we're saving that, dude. It would have been funnier my way, though. They should have been like, uh, yeah, it's delete. <laughs> Let me see your phone. I can't. Oh, it's fucking broken. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't even catch it. I didn't even catch it. Oh man, it wasn't even recording. And it wouldn't even record you so making even, out with the dog. It's not even worth <laughs> looking at that. It didn't even record you making out with the dog. I don't even have that on my phone. <laughs> Just clearly lying. <laughs> oh man! The video of you making out the dog—I don't have because it wasn't recording. It didn't. Right. There is no video. But the good thing, so Daniel storms out. But the good thing is, is he comes back and he does say, "I, I don't think the dog that bit me should be put down." <laughs> 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 hey, Ben Ray. <laughs> After this, we get just a kind montage. of a montage. Yeah, and this it, is the part of the scene I don't like. This is the worst part of the scene, yeah. easily, and it also because, feeds more into that idea of this being a drug metaphor, right? Because they're just like leaned all back, like ah, oh, this is just so. But you know what? It's like I think this would have been better as a drug metaphor if they shot it with similar visuals as Requiem for a Dream. Have you guys ever seen that movie, Requiem for a Dream? Dude, that movie's messed up, but good, dude. It's good as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> because in that movie, they do—they actually are doing drugs, but it's these quick little, you know, that kind of a thing. But in this one, they're doing it more like it's funny to watch them be possessed kind of thing. And I think this is another moment, probably what you were talking about, where there's another moment where the music sucks. Yeah, I don't even remem- remember it, but that's the point. It's unmemorable. They, like, mix the music <laughs> and sure. the, the person and, like, whatever. Anyways, it's it's weird. Again, the visuals are cool of the people being possessed, but it's just, it does feel like people taking turns doing drugs kind of a thing. Yeah, and, it, like, when you say montage it's, like, it does kind of almost cross that line of, like... Comedic? Comedic, yeah. Of, like people trying outfits on in the room and they come out and they shake their head and no, you know. You're like, uh-uh. uh-uh. And then they come through and they're like, bigger hat? And it's like, 
And they had their fa- their arms crossed. They're like Becky, they're like, Becky, be serious, take be it serious. serious, right? And yeah, it's exactly. It does feel. The more we say that, it didn't cr- get close. It crossed the line. It did, it, okay. it crossed, yeah. in my head, it did. Yeah, it did it feel did. like it did. Yeah, yeah, that is that is what this scene is. It is the it is the montage in a sitcom or a fucking rom com. Girls of people just want to have fun, uh, uh, <laughs> but they're getting possessed by different people. <laughs> And yeah, demons. this is bad. This is this is bad. This poorly is poorly executed. Sorry, um, sorry. But here's what here's the cool part. Here's the good part. Yeah, this is the best scene in the movie. It is the best scene in the movie. In Thank fact, you. I'm gonna eliminate it from both me and Daniel as being our favorite part because it's clearly the best scene in the movie. Clearly. But this scene is when the little kid wants to try it. Now, remember, we say that this character is a terrible influence, uh, and she keeps treating this 12 year old kid like he's the other eight, 17, 18 year old kids. That are involved in all this shit. Um, and he's like, I want to try it. And his big sister's like, no, absolutely not. And then he's like, come on, I want to. And for, then for like 60 seconds, 60 bro. seconds. And then, you know, the bad main character's like, I think it'd be a good idea to let him try it. <laughs> and she's like, what? Are you fucking kidding me? And it's like, the thing is, is that when he was around it the first time, it scared the fuck out of him. He like couldn't sleep in his own bed. He was so fucking scared. He's a little, he's a little piss baby, a little baby, little, 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 little titty baby. <laughs> little baby back bitch. <laughs> little baby back bitch. <laughs> you know? Uh, so yeah. And like, it was just like, why are you doing, like, why would you allow this? And like, in my head, I was like, okay, if he's that dead set on it, just let him say the talk to me part. Just let him see it. And then be like, okay, don't let them in. You know what I'm saying? Like if you, if he's really that interested to, you know what I'm saying? Like, sure. But in, in the context of like this being a metaphor for doing drugs, if you guys were all fucking doing heroin together and your 12 year old <laughs> brother was like, I want to do some heroin. <laughs> and your best friend was like, I think just like a little bit of heroin would be good. That's a come terrible. On, come on, 60 seconds. Still. <laughs> a minute of doing heroin. <laughs> is that a lot of heroin? Is that a little heroin? How long does it take to do heroin? Hey, hey if you guys do heroin, right into the show. <laughs> <laughs> right into the show with your pronouns. Okay. With your pronouns, please. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so how long does it take? for the race and gender of this character <laughs> and how long it takes to do heroin. <laughs> yeah, while you're there, just tell us how long it takes to do heroin. Um, Based on the wire, Reckon for a Dream, it's a one needle and then you lean back and you go... <laughs> right. That part of it, that, you know, with that metaphor, it's like even more fucked up that she's yeah, like letting yeah. him do this. So then he's like, I hate you. And then his sister's like... Yeah, he gets like, to do a big fight with his sister. Yeah, and then his sister's like, oh, and you, you think I love having you as a brother. But yeah, she's, she's like, you know, whatever. And she storms off. And then, you know, then the main character is like, for like, I think half a second, she's like, maybe it's not a good idea. No, it is. And then she, she's like, okay, she lets him do it. And uh, he says, talk to me. And then they have this really still moment. It's like center frame shot of him staring forward. And she's like, come on, let him in. Let, let them in. And he's like, I don't think I, I don't want. And what's crazy? Yeah, there's hesitation. What's so good yeah. about this kid's performance, though, and oh. which I think this is a credit to the directing as well, yeah. is that his expression is not fear. It's not. And that was, what I think, the best part of this moment. It's shock. It's uh, shock, and it's, like, nerves. Yep. Yep. And you're like, why is this kid not... Fr-? Like, everyone else freaks the fuck out. They're like, oh, shit, fuck. You know, like, they're scared. Yeah. This kid's not scared. He's really nervous, and he's, like, uh, like stammering, and he's, like, in shock. 
And she's like, just do it, fucking pussy. And she's just, <laughs> <laughs> little baby back bitch. You know, bitch or not, just fucking shoot up, dude. <laughs> shoot up, bro. Uh, so he. <laughs> shoot up. But here's the shoot thing. Shoot down at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not a good communicator, <laughs> clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, okay, come in, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And he gets possessed by her mom. Mia Khalifa's mom. By Mia Khalifa's mom. <laughs> By Mama Mia 2's mom. <laughs> Two. <laughs> My Mama Mia talking to me to mom. Too furious. Too furious. Uh, Ele- electric boogaloo. <laughs> electric boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> so... This moment is done really, really well. And here's some context that you guys need for this scene. We know that her mom killed herself, but the family denies that she killed herself. So they're like, yeah, she accidentally took too many sleeping pills and accidentally (laughs) killed herself. Um, Dude, she accidentally wrote this note. (laughs) Which is, but at the same time. But at the same time, they're like, she accidentally killed herself, and it was a totally normal suicide where there were scratch marks on the door on the inside of where she was. Yeah. And she scratched at the door to try and get out and couldn't, and then she died after accidentally taking too many sleeping pills. And I'm like, no police officers investigated this? (laughs) Yeah. This fucking story? She accidentally took too many painkillers, and then she was scratching on the inside of the door, and her husband found her. Anyways, so that's how her mom died. Um, so her mom comes back and she's talking to her and she's like, I would have never left you and I love you and I want you to know that I'm so proud of you. And then things get really fucked up from there. Um, oh, man. Yeah. The kid is not as equipped as the rest of them to handle this. And there's something much darker that's in the room with them. And this becomes very apparent, and this shit goes from zero to 100 so fucking fast. And again, I think this is a, a, a level of, you know, rampant violence all of a sudden that is comparable to Hereditary. To say the whole fucking movie is as good as Hereditary is insane because of this moment, but I understand why in this moment you can compare it to some of the violence in Hereditary where the kid just smashes his fucking head on the desk, just like the kid in Hereditary does. And... They're like, whoa, shit. Now, here's what, okay, here's what's great about this scene. I love the action of what's happening, right? The kid smashes his head on the desk and then does it again, and he's just immediately bloody and puffy face. Oh, it looks crazy. It just looks insane, which it's like, yeah, this looks like if a 12-year-old kid smashed his fucking head into a death. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's so violent. That's what I love about it. It's like, it's yeah. so quick and just no hesitation to where it's so violent that it just, you know, desecrates his face. Like, he looks like a, like a UFC fighter at the end of a fucking fight. Like, it's insane. Yeah, yeah. And then... They go to try and like stop him from smashing his head, and he's like, he like fights them off, and then just, pe- just takes his fingers, peels open his eyelids, and starts grabbing for his eyeball to fucking squeeze it. I was like, oh my, how did they shoot this? <laughs> yeah, because this looks so good. Like it's for real. It, like there's no moment of this that takes me out of it for realism. It looks it's so good. It looks so good. And then they're like, oh, you know, they're freaking out, whatever. They're trying to stop him, and then you know he's like fighting them. And then the freaking chair goes flying across the room. It smashes him into a fucking window. And then he's in front of like a dresser thing. And then he starts smashing his fucking head into that. (laughs) And then his sister walks in the room. is like, what the fuck is happening? And then she sees him smashing his head. And she runs over and puts her hand in between his head. 
and the desk. And even she like shakes her hand after he smashes it because it was like so he smashed it so hard it hurt her hand. And they eventually like they get the thing out of his, you know, he falls over to the ground again and they get this thing out of his hand. This whole sequence is like simultaneously like fast paced, but also like is like just like it's just so much. Yeah, it's kind of like build up at the same time being the action. Right. Because it's tense and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly what you're saying. Now, the only my only issue with this scene is these characters fucking suck. These characters are dumb as shit and they suck at this. Because and Brent was talking about this when we finished. He was like, I just didn't like how people were doing things. Like this kid starts smashing his head on the desk, and everyone's like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, sprint to him. Grab that thing out of his hand and blow that candle out immediately. Yeah. Immediately. Because the other thing is, he's only supposed to be going for 50 seconds, is what they agreed upon. Once she finds out it's her mom, she's like, no, 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 let him keep going. And then it gets too bad. Now he's gone way over 90 seconds, which is, you know, they say after 90 seconds, they the people who are possessing you, they want to stay. And they want to bring you back with them. They'll want to stay. <laughs> she says it like that. Or they fuck. Fuck. <laughs> you piece of fuck. Cancel fuck, Daniel. Fuck. Cancel Daniel, you no, piece please. of shit. No, please. <laughs> they say they wanna stay. <laughs> and then they go and sit on the arm of a couch and, and smoke they, a cigarette. And they do a kickflip and then fucking yeah. 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 And then they go put another shirt on top of another shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they, they say put a tank top they put a tank top that's over their Short sleeve shirt that's over their long sleeve shirt. Right. Yeah. They want to stay. They want to stay. <laughs> so this kid is terribly fucked up. And it, it, it was just like, man, like y'all took way too long to come and try and help this kid and to have him stop doing this. Y'all didn't do anything to stop him from smashing his head into the fucking table. You guys did not grab that thing out of his hand or blow the candle out like immediately. It was just like y'all's reaction timing is dog shit, man. Like what the fuck? Like I get that it can be like kind of jarring, but it wouldn't take that long for you to be like, okay, we need to fucking do something about this. Um, you know, they didn't show them drinking or anything like that. You know, it wasn't like they were all hammered or high or anything like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, none of that was implied in the montage. Yeah. This this scene was just the best scene in the movie. It was the most jarring. It was the most violent. And it was just the most, like, climactic thing to happen. Oh, 100%. If you would have shown me this scene alone, I would have sprinted to the movie theater to watch this. And that's what makes... That's what makes me feel the disappointment that the movie doesn't stay on this level, much less include more of this. I want more of this. And instead, it it almost plays like a crime drama a little bit, the way kind that the of. movie goes. But, but um, I do want to say I'm glad that you mentioned his performance because the kid was my favorite performance in the entire movie. Because not only does he nail this this natural performance of, this, of the kid, but he has to do like you said this a lot of uh, looks and just facial expression acting uh when he first which you can tell i think that's how good he is you can tell at least if you're like kind of following you're like oh my god it's gonna be her mom right yeah you know but i think i'm waiting for this to connect to that part of the story exactly and it but it makes it that much more chilling uh which is just a testament to the performance and like you said the directing and so it's just it's awesome and then he has to perform as his, her mom and it that this part gave me oh chills. i didn't even think about that 
It gave it was me, so good. I didn't even think that right. he's the one performing this. It gave me chills, bro. Because like that's uh, what makes this so. Uh, like, what's the word? I don't even know the right word for it. But uh, the part that just gave me chills was you've seen all of these different people react when they ha- when they first get possessed, and it's like this kind of demon look and like, ah, who are you? <laughs> you know, whatever. He puts his head back and looks at the ceiling and just calmly says, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. And it's just this heartfelt. I literally and this is started, like before the voice completely changes, too. Right. And I just yeah. like I, I started tearing up immediately because I knew I knew I was like, oh, my God, it's her fucking mom. Right. And for those to be the first words that she says as she's able to speak with her daughter again, it's like this is Good. This is good acting. This is good uh, emotional connection here. This is good horror still uh, because you can't since you can't see that it's her mom. You can't trust if it's really her mom or not. You know, all that stuff, because that's another trope, you know, that's common horror, too, um, which we do get some of in this movie as well. Right. But it was just so fucking good. I love this scene. Like, again, you show me this scene, I'm sprinting to the theater. Uh, and this is what I mean when I say I see so much potential in this movie in certain moments. And, like, this is – they knocked this shit out of the park. Right. One of the best uh, – And, again, if you take yeah. this movie and you make it 30 minutes, well, guess what? This scene is, like, five minutes long. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you're taking a much bigger section of the movie as this if this is a short. So yeah, I, I, yeah, and, and you know, and I think the movie is worth going to see for this scene. Like that's how good it was. That's so true, especially in a theater setting. Yeah, um, and and uh, just to give this kid even more props again, because then he has to switch from this from this uh, you know acting as the mom to I loved the way that they handled him being taken over by something sinister. Because it right. wasn't, again, it wasn't like, oh, his eyes changed from black to red, you know, right. or like anything like that. It was silent. Facial expressions. It, yeah. It was a face, like, it was a cutting off mid-sentence. Right. That's like, he's like, oh, and, and, and I, uh, 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 whoom, whoom, whoom. Right. Like, and so. Whoa, whoa. Right. Like, that's so good. It's so good. So this movie, and uh, listen, we're going to keep blowing this scene for a little bit longer because then we have to talk about the rest of the fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> But the other thing I want to mention about this is when I talked about the sound design, this scene is amplified by the standard they set for sound design in this movie. And here's what I mean by this. Like in the beginning of the movie, there's a silly little scene where the main character goes to see her best friend and she like hits her with a pillow. And in the movie, like the way the sound design is done, it's like. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. like it looks like she fucking like you know they make it sound like she fucking hit her hard as shit. Yeah. with this pillow, and then like the brother throws it again at her face, and just, boom, like you know what I'm saying? It's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so aggressive. And I'm like Jesus Christ, but it's like, and then everything in this movie is kind of like that, right? Like all of the impacts oh, in this movie oh. are amplified. You're right by just the, and it's like that's the world we live in. Everything is amplified. They knock on doors super hard and the mom slams the door in the boyfriend's face super fucking hard. She, you know, like all these things are like that. And then when you get to this scene and he smashes his fucking head into the desk, it's even more aggressive than everything else. Yeah. And it just amplifies this, like how harsh everything happens in the scene is. 
And it, it, I don't know, it was just so great. Like I was like, man, like this is, I love the sound design for the impacts of this movie because it just makes the movie so much more violent in that, in that moment. And I think that that's so great because it like you really makes you feel true evil. You know what I'm saying? Like this, like yeah. I'm actually trying to fucking kill this kid. I'm not trying to harm him and scare you. I'm trying to kill him right now. Right. And I'm not waiting. I want to kill him right There's now. I want to smash his fucking head yeah. in and make him go brain dead. That's how bad I want this kid to be dead so that we can have him. And so like, yeah, I, just, I made the bad guy feel way more scary than they would have. Right. There's no games here. It's a relentless force. That is non, it's not going to stop. I it's love not the insidious guy playing a little music. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking death. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I like I like what you're saying here because you're now you're like putting in my head like oh yeah like that's what you mean by sound design uh, because another thing that I really loved sound wise is the scratching on the door yeah that, that repeats throughout the rest of the movie that uh, uh, like it right. just sounds insane it sounds like the, bass boosted yeah. fucking whatever it just sounds like it sounds it's actually an insane sound the more I talk about it the more I'm realizing that it almost sounds like leather ripping or something right. like it's just insane it's better than any like horror song or the sound of a saw like if you've yeah. ever heard like someone playing a saw like it's like Wah! like that sound like those sounds it's it's just better than all of that because Another one it adds you know context to the actual you know movie um and then it also you know because it because it relates to the movie it makes it even scarier because tell me if you didn't feel the same way like the whole movie i was like why was the mom scratching her way out like, I want to know that. Like, I yeah, want to know yeah. what was in the fucking room with her when this happened, that she was scratching her way out. And it just makes that so much scarier when they keep playing this throughout the movie. So, like, after this scene, which, again, the main character who makes terrible decisions throughout the whole movie doesn't come to console the family or freak out with them or show any remorse. She just goes into shock because she's like, I talked to my mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she just walks away from this scene entirely. Um, you know, they have a couple of shots of like the police coming in and things like that. And it's just another one of these moments where it's like, hey, in case you forgot we were in Australia, here's police officers interrogating uh, people of color and they don't arrest them and shoot them on site. So that's how we know. <laughs> oh, my God. Sad but true. I and fear. so that's how we know it's in Australia. We get it. The we kangaroo, the, the accents, <laughs> the bad music, the, the, yeah. the police that don't shoot uh, minorities on site. Yes, okay. The police officers who are held accountable. Like it's all of these things. <laughs> we get it. It's Australia. So she goes back to her dad and her dad's like why don't you tell me what's going on and she's like I don't wanna and he's like just tell me one thing she's like I didn't give him drugs you know that's what everyone thinks is that she gave him some kind of drugs despite the fact that they have video like I understand how if you told them hey this is what we were doing they might be like I don't believe you and then you're like hey here's 400 videos of dozens of people doing this honestly and then also here's the footage of the kid fucking doing it you know what I'm saying also wouldn't they be able to tell at the hospital if he had drugs in the system exactly yeah Mm. which I think they kind of reference later but yeah Um, but yeah so you know obviously the kid goes to the hospital and she goes back home and so the main character goes to the hospital to see the family with the kid and the kid like again this is like the body horror that I'm kind of talking about like more so than the other scene like this is the body horror I'm talking like this is like his face and body are just fucked up they are swollen and cut and just everything bad everything bad that you could have in the face it was just it looks horrible yeah 
Like in a good way, like not. It looks, yeah. 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 Again, like I said, nothing about the prosthetics or the, you know, even like whatever CGI they use in these moments, like nothing took me out of the movie. Like it was so well done. It didn't take me out of it. And um, spoiler alert, the family's not happy with the character who allowed <laughs> this child to. Oh, if get I was the sister dog, bro. Okay. Oh my god. Here's the, here's the thing about this scene. Would be on site. Is you're saying if you were the sister, bro? If you were the mom, if you were the mom, first of all, my daughter's getting whooped. <laughs> Her ass is getting whooped, and this kid is not coming anywhere fucking near like that. I like. You know, I was like, you know, this mom likes to act hard, bro. She ain't with it because yeah. she should have yelled or cussed her out, something, you know, what something, I'm saying? especially because, yeah, you double whammy. Not only did you fuck my son up, but yeah, you did have a party, you lying ass bitch. You lied to but me, yeah, this, you fucked up my son, you got my sister involved with the police, you know, or my daughter involved with the police, yeah. you know, what I'm saying like just everything, everything bad. And the sister, like, the reason I just feel like, oh my god, it would be on site is because you were there, you said no, no, you are not allowed to do this, right? No. And then as soon as you leave the room, they're like, hey, you can do it, actually. Right. Fuck you. It's on site. And I agree with that, too, because because there's another moment with another sibling where I felt the same way. And maybe maybe not all siblings are as close as we are and our siblings. But at the same time, again, let's go back to this metaphor of this being drugs. I said no. You said yes. And now my brother has overdosed and he might die. Yeah. That's the reality of this metaphor, right? If that happened, exactly what you said, it would be on site. Like, it would be hands on site. Like, I fucking told you no. And you almost get, like, like they're doing, like, this whole paranormal thing and his face is all fucked up and everything. But that's what it really is, you know? Um, which, again, the mom accuses her of giving him drugs, you know, just like everyone else does, whatever. So, yeah, it, it was just all around. I was like, you should not have shown up to this hospital, whatever. Right. And she's lucky. Yeah. Like we like, she's lucky because yeah. realistically it's on site. Right. <laughs> realistically. Yeah. Um, and so what ends up actually happening is she convinces her best friend's boyfriend, AKA her ex-boyfriend, Daniel to come back to her house. Let me tell y'all something. Watch out for them. Daniels, man. Watch out for Daniel. Mrs. Sleep, Studio bro. girls, man. I, okay. They all that way believe that. Oh yeah. I'm fixing to fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. So that's the vibe of this scene. I'm just saying, bro. Is she's dead. Like, this was like, I don't know. I felt like this was out of place. Personally, this like sexual tension between them two. Yeah, it was not worth exploring, especially uh, it peaked uh, at him, the demon revealing all of his inner thoughts. When that was first happening, by the way, I didn't say this while we were talking about it. When that was first happening, I thought it was going to be revealed that he's gay. Me too. At because first, like, yep. I don't like want to touch you. I don't want to yep. kiss you. And I'm very religious. Exactly. So Same. I'm definitely not gay. I thought it was going to be him staring at the guy. At the, Me too. The big, yeah. Me too. Yep. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, bro. Can we have some fucking representation? <laughs> Can we have some representation? In these For movies? real. God damn. And this scene is starts with some of the best horror in the movie. Um, some of the best horror. And then becomes the worst part of the movie. So it starts off with a dream sequence. Boo. Hey, everyone. Boo. Dream sequence. That dream sequence. Dream sequence. sequence. That dream sequence. And the dream sequence is also a mem. Oh, shit. Here we go again. <laughs> right. The dream sequence is of her making out with this boy who is now sleeping in her bed and they're head to toe. That's important. <laughs> head to what? Toe. Toe. And... They, she's dreaming about 
making out with him. And then in the background, again, do you hear the scratching? Oh, so cool. The scratching of the door. And it's such a good sound design. It's so fucking creepy. It's so fucked up in the context of the movie. It makes it even better, you know? And then it shows like the scene of her dad discovering her mom and spoiler alert. She doesn't look great. She (laughs) She doesn't look great. Um, Which again, (laughs) he's like, she accidentally took too many sleeping pills. That's why she's a rotting corpse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which, uh, yeah. And before I forget, I just want to bring this up now. Sorry to cut you off. It's like her mom got more and more and more and more decrepit throughout the movie. Right. Right. Or, okay. I was like, I agree. I couldn't tell if I was going crazy or not, but she like kept rotting more and more throughout the movie. Right. And they got like, yeah, I think it was, I have a theory about that. We'll talk about it. All right. So this leads to, you know, the dream sequence, uh, you know, whatever sound design's good. Dream sequences suck, but then it wakes her up. And then when she wakes up, you have a really good scene of her staring into the corner of a dark corner of a creepy figure, and I'm like already closing my eyes. You yeah, know and what I'm you saying? can hear faint singing. You can hear really, really faint singing, and it's not even like really singing. It's just vocals. It's yeah, you it's know really what I'm interesting. Like, it's really it's interesting. Really, really good. again, sound design. Like this was really, really good, especially because the directional of it, everything. It was just, it yeah. was great. And you start to see this figure start to move. And at this point, I'm kind of wondering, like, are they going to show figures in this movie that aren't humanoid? Because that's what I'm kind of expecting. And I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they didn't go full demon, you know, whatever. Because yeah. that CGI monster's not as scary as ghost to me. Um, instead, it's this fucked up woman. And she, here's where it go. here's where it drops off a fucking cliff. All right? I can't <laughs> tell if this was intended to be funny or not. We laughed, but not with. Yeah, definitely at. We were laughing at this oh, part. Yeah. Not with this part, regardless of what you wanted, director. Directors. Uh, the ghost lady crawls up on the bed and starts sucking the boy's toes. <laughs> starts sucking his feet. <laughs> she starts with like one toe and she adds more and more toes Ooh. until half the foot is Ooh. in her. Right? I'm going to come. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> that drop is too long, but oh. worth. <laughs> but but then what happens is he wakes up and she's like trying to like like get off of him, get off of him, and then he wakes up and then realizes that it's it's the girl, it's Mia. Mia is as a possessed person sucking his toes, his whole foot, and Might he well, yeah. is not like he does not immediately say. Oh, she must have been possessed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, huh. He goes, this again. (laughs) He says, Daddy. I said last time was the last time. He wakes up and says, Daddy likey auga. (laughs) Honk, honk. <laughs> so, oh, she must have been possessed. That's so funny to me. Oh man, <laughs> he's like, yeah. So he leaves. He's like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna out. <laughs> right. He's like, you know, on that note, on that note, <laughs> check please. <laughs> check please. <laughs> Clean up on aisle B. <laughs> Take me to dinner first. <laughs> I'll have what she's having. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
god. Well, the thing Holy is, is that they don't play this scene as a comedy. That's why we're laughing. Well, at yeah, because they're it, they're know? still playing like scary music. Yeah, if I remember and correctly, and it's still like dark and oh, dude, it's yeah. just so silly. But you're right. You're right. Not only in the fact that it plays so comedic, like accidentally comedically, I guess. Um, but yeah, the fact that it starts with such a, such an awesome, scary, creepy moment. What I love about the what I love about that the good part of that horror is, at least in my I have not the best eyesight, so forgive me. But I can't tell where the body, where the silhouette actually it is. It was taking me a while too. And it shot. took me a minute. And I think and you that can that's even see great. two points that look like maybe glowing eyes. So it almost seems like a like an intentional misdirect, and it just works so well. I mean, so. It, it, it it is kind of like a blip in the in a good sequence, a bad section in a good sequence, because this is immediately followed by a sequence that again that I liked, where she has like this emotional breakdown, where she's like slam, you know, hitting her fists on the door because she's feeling like hopeless right now. She's feeling like everything is out of her control. Um, you know, this character is like she can't, like she's not going to be able to convince him that that wasn't her. She's starting to see that, you know, she's starting to see her mom. She saw her at the hospital earlier. And she's like, you know, like, like she's going through a lot of emotions at this moment. And so it's like and so she finally does the thing that we've been like, do this the whole like, we're like hey, you should just talk to them. Hey, you should just talk. To, hey, you know how the movie's called Talk to Me? <laughs> yeah. And not uh, you may enter, <laughs> you know, not come in. Not Hey, chello. It's not called that. Chello. It's called Talk to Me. So you should talk to your mom. So she finally does this. She gets the hand. She lights the candle and she talks to her mom. And she asks her mom, she says, you know, did you kill yourself? And she goes, I not on purpose. I <laughs> swear. I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, why would I want to leave you and your bitch? I mean, you're my your lovely sister <laughs> who I love a lot. Yeah. Her mom is like, no, I didn't kill myself. Uh, no, I would never, I would never do that. Like if I did, it was definitely an accident. Um, but, uh, I will say this though, your friend, uh, he, he's <laughs> collar grab, collar grab. Yeah. She's very, uh, <laughs> very cryptic. She's like, he needs help. Yeah. Uh, he needs some help for real. Um, but you know, you want to chill, or you want to hang out, and then they cuddle together. Yeah, I I thought that scene was you know it's not as funny as I'm making it right now, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, like it's it's a very emotional scene, right? It's a very emotional scene, and it's also like here's some information. Finally, you're getting like some answers to the questions that you've been having, but you don't get all of the, answers. you know, she doesn't say like, here's what happened to me. Here's the demons that are, ha you know, chasing anything, but like any of that shit. She's just like, no, I didn't kill myself. I swear. And if I did, it was an accident. And then, you know, she lays down with her and also tells her, Hey, your friend Riley's in trouble. So the thing about this is that here's what my theory was at this point in the movie. Yeah. They mentioned earlier that, you know, like the theories about the hand, they mentioned earlier in the movie that they're, that someone across the world has the other hand. Like, the other hand is out there somewhere. Because this, they've cut off both of the hands of this person. Maybe they're just setting up a sequel. <laughs> Talk to me, too. <laughs> Furious. Talk to me. I said a good sequel of the name of this movie would be Talk to me, T-O-O. -O. Talk to me, too. Um, so, 
just throwing it out there. If they use that, I, I came up with that. If they use that, I came up with that. Everyone knows that. <laughs> they owe me a lot of money. They owe me a lot of money. <laughs> it's fine. Just hire me. I'll I'll forget it. I'll forget the lawsuit. <laughs> um, so this, you know, you don't like I said, you don't get all the information, but it does lead to a scene where they are doing the fucking smile bullshit. <laughs> Here we go. Like, oh, we need to figure out what's going on. So let's go talk to <gasps> the guy from the first scene. The cold open. The cold open guy. Now, I have a question for you, Daniel. Okay. Uh, if I killed myself, okay, and you blame a person who I used to know for me killing myself, and you know for a fact they were a contributing factor and they led to my suicide, and they walked up to you on the street, would you be like, what are you doing here? <laughs> uh, no, it's on site. It's on site. It's on site. The fact he does not beat the fuck, well, I'm not that he could, but still, this guy's massive, by the way, the, but, but still, like, the fact that he's like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be around here. Why are you coming up to me? I'm like, bro, fuck that, bro. Like, you blame this guy for your brother killing himself. And it, again, it's like, it's like, it's another one of these metaphors. Dude. It's another like this metaphor for drug habits because they're like, yeah, he, th- I, you know what the sad part is? He thought he actually had friends, but in, you know, it's like, yeah, okay. There's a, this druggy kid who gives dr- free drugs to other people and yeah, then they become yeah. friends with him because of that. And then as soon as the, they have their own drugs, then they don't hang out with him anymore. Yeah. Whatever. It's yeah. And his identity becomes the guy who does drugs. And then that like, contributes to his psyche. So it's like, yeah, this whole metaphor still exists in this moment. But again, I would just, I, yeah, fuck that. Fuck this, like, you know, you guys shouldn't be here bullshit. And then, you know, Mia gets on the the bus and she's talking to him and she's like, you know, I, oh, he, he gets on a bus. Sorry, I probably should have mentioned he gets on a bus. Then Mia gets on the bus and then everyone gets on the bus. Uh, the buses are free because this is a country that uses their tax dollars to help their <laughs> citizens. So in case you didn't know, this was in Australia. Uh, no one has to pay to get on this bus. Hey, shout out to uh, Denver doing free that is true. right now. That is true. You know, they have this. It, it's the it, again. Go watch a fucking smile. Go watch all these other movies. It's the same thing. <laughs> and then they're like, well, we're going to go do a different thing that no one else has done before. And this is going to solve it. So she goes and she does the talk to me thing. And she she talks to this little girl and she's trying to communicate with Riley. But here's I think this was cool. I think this was a good step outside of like what like adverting my expectations. You know what I'm saying? Where I was like, OK, I know what happens for the rest of this movie. This So she goes and she uses the thing with Riley in the move, room. They're at the hospital and she's talking to this little girl. She's like, I'm looking for him. And she's like, I can take you to him. And then she's, she's like, like, I can take you to him. I can take you to him. <laughs> and she's like, it really was weird to hear a little tiny girl with an Australian accent. I don't know why. Right. It's so she's like, crikey. You look at me. <laughs> you die. That's not a demon. That's a demon. <laughs> uh, so she's like, I can take you to him. And then she's like, all right, do it. And then she goes, I let you in. I was like, oh, shit. Were you expecting that? I didn't see that coming. The little girl saying it to her. Yeah. Um, Doing the little topsy-turvy, little switcheroo. Little little, switcheroo. The old switcheroo. I did not. Got your ass. I did not uh, expect that. So you are right. It did. uh, Yeah. I didn't think that that's how that she was going to show, you know, take her to him. But that does provide this gaping just. mm. I'm going to come. It does take you to. It leaves sort of a plot hole to me to where wouldn't every ghost do that? They all have the ability to do that. 
Y- you know, I maybe Why, they, they have to get permission because she says, do you want me to take you to him? And she says, yes. So maybe, maybe. that's it. Um, but the other thing that it, it does, it leaves another hole, too, where they she does not do. No one does this again. Right. No one tries to do this again for the rest of whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? I get that it was extremely terrifying for her. And they show like really quick shots and scenes of like what's happening in the other side. But um, which was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. It was like not clear enough to have a sense of scale or anything. But that's what makes it seem claustrophobic, scary, almost like an inferno. Well, yeah, because she comes vibe. out and the first thing she's like, don't touch me, don't touch me. Like like someone yeah. says, like, and it's like, that's kind of where I was feeling like, like, I think that was a good reaction for her to have where she's like, everyone's just grabbing her and, you know, like, you know, whatever. She's like, get the fuck off me. Don't touch me. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I like those little shots. I'm glad they didn't dwell on it too much, but it was just like, no one tries that again. Like, you know, he's trapped in there. Like, no one, like, thinks that that's a good idea. Anyways. So, I understand how, like, from here, your pers- you feel like the movie went downhill from here. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, uh, the scene that we just blew <laughs> for uh, most of this podcast, right after that scene, I just got less and less engaged with the movie. I kind of like... Okay, not kind of... I, liked the ending i liked the whole sequence of the ending and i'm gonna we're gonna go through it really quickly because there's a lot that happens but basically you know we're gonna go through the 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 bullet points here because i have some theories and i'd rather delve into those than what actually happens okay yeah so she goes back home her dad says hey i want to be honest with you and he reads what is to believe believed to be a suicide note and he reads the suicide note to her and it says to whom it may concern. Peace out, mom. <laughs> right. Peace out. Catch you late. <laughs> yeah. Take it sleazy. And I'm out. And I'm out. Right. And it says Janet. And then she's scratching around and said, oh, shit, mom. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> um, so he, he reads the suicide note to her. And uh, she is like, oh, really sad about it. And she starts hugging. And she's like, but no, no, no. She told me she didn't do this. She told me this. And he's like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? Uh, and then <laughs> the ghost crazy. of her mom appears and her, the ghost of her mom is like, don't believe him. Like he's lying S- to you. Uh, uh, sorry. Again, I just want to say something I did not like. Right. I don't like that. Her mom gets to just appear when she wants and when it's convenient for the story. I hated that. Right. I also don't like the fact that her mom can do that, but all the other girls can't. Yeah, exactly. It's like, come on, man. Like, she should be seeing this shit. It should be like it follows. Like, you see everywhere. Like, Like, if you're you're possessed, you're possessed. Like, fuck it. She was just in the hospital getting grabbed by a bunch of fucking uh, slimy demons or whatever you want to call them. Her mom wasn't like, hey, let me help you out. No, nowhere to be fucking found. Right. But then it's like. And they say. Hey, actually, no, I didn't come myself. I didn't come. Right. They say <laughs> that the guy from the beginning, the kid, uh, that he was able to see the things without using the hand. And that was really bad. And that, you know, whatever. And that's what's happening to her. So it's like, wait, what happened to him is happening to me. I should talk to it. So, yeah, it's that bullshit. Yeah. So you kind of understand like, okay, this, you know, she's going to go down a similar psychosis as this other guy. Right. So she goes into her room. And she's like, shut up, dad. I'm going to my room. Uh, and then her, she talks to her mom again. Now, here's what you were saying. You were saying that the mom gets more and more decrepit as we go on. Yes. I, I agree with this. I think this is true. And I'm going to get to my theory about that. But she also Ooh. starts getting wetter. And I don't I know me like it should. <laughs> 
I'm going to come. Okay. <laughs> uh, but she does get more and more wet, just sopping wet, um, which is interesting because the first demon that we see from that possesses her is also wet. Um, oh, yeah, true. Right. And we also start to hear, like, not just the scratching, but you start hearing sounds of the ocean, too. You start hearing, like, noise of, like, water dripping and things like that. And you have this scene where her and her mom are talking. She's like, I didn't write that suicide note. He's lying. And she's like, listen, you can't trust them. That's not your father. And this moment is really scary because the other thing that's happening is he's walking up to her and he starts knocking on her door. And again, we're using this amplified contact sound. So every contact that is made in the movie with anything to another thing is intense. And as he's getting more and more angry, like saying, hey, for real, let me in. It gets louder and louder. And he's banging on the door. And it's just like and you have the scratching going on. You have this water sound. It's all these things that are just so anxious. And she's trying to get this information. All the mom is saying, like, that's not your dad. They're they're imitating him. You know, that's not your father. Don't let him in, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, fuck, you know, whatever. And so eventually he bursts down the door. And as he comes in, he's now decrepit. Now he's all fucked up, right? Yeah. And they show shots of her real dad sitting on the couch. And he's like, you know, still reading this letter, whatever. So once the fake dad comes in, he, you know, throws her to the ground, starts choking her out. She's reaching for these scissors. And then the real dad comes in. She's on the ground by herself because he can't see the demons and he goes to go help her. And right when he gets there, she then grabs the scissors and stabs her real dad in the neck. OK, this is what happens, which is a, such an overplayed. I, I just hated that whole sequence. I really did. Right. It's so over. Speaking of Jane Doe, I mean. Right. Yeah. It, it, yeah this happens. A, yeah. It, it happens in Smile, too. The, the, oh, it was the uh, this other person. Said, oh, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I, even in Hereditary, technically, like. Uh, uh, it happens in a way when she sets her husband on fire. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, this happens. And then she's like, she leaves. Okay. And then, oh, there's another sequence. I don't remember if this is before or after, but there's another sequence where they are giving Riley a, a sponge bath where the nurse, he's at the hospital and the mom and the sister and I think a nurse are giving him a sponge bath. Then the mom and the nurse leave which they do way too often in this movie. Way too often. <laughs> and uh, the, you know, she, the sister, Jade, asks Riley uh, to speak. She's like, just say something. Like, please. And he, like, again, he looks fucking terrible. He can't even close his lips. It's like so, it, it's so good and so bad. It's horrific. It's it horrific. Really horrific. And he's like, uh, he's finally about to say something. And then he just bites her. He bites the fuck out of her. And she's like, oh, shit. And she, like, jerks away so hard that his chair falls onto the ground. And then he starts smashing his head into the fucking <laughs> wall behind him. Again, he's back. And again, we cut to his sister like, what happened? <laughs> I'm like, move your ass, bitch. Move. Run to him. Stop him. from the He's, like, smashed his head against the wall, like, ten times before she's like, oh, she may have to do something. You idiot. You stupid bitch. <laughs> bro, this fucking terrible sister. Terrible. It's like, bro, stop him from killing himself. God damn. So, yeah, it, it, but it's such a good sequence, but it's just like that part of it just pissed me off. And like and like Brent was saying, like, that's what Brent was talking about. He's like, everyone's reactions to everything were so stupid. Yeah. Decision making, you and, know, and reaction. That's so true. Um, and then the mom and, you know, they finally come in and they're like, what happened? You know, whatever. And it's like, what did the fuck do you look? Look, <laughs> where were you? Where were you, bitch? Damn. Dumbasses. So, yeah. And then so then the main character has this sequence. 
she's like, okay, I think I know what I need to do now to help Riley. Uh, so she goes to the hospital and it's clear that her intentions are to kill Riley, that if she kills him, they have to let him go. And then, which you is know. kind of this call back to the kangaroo. She's right. like, she has to put him out of his misery. Here's my now. chance to actually put someone out of their misery. Right. Yeah. Um, but then what ends up happening is she, instead of killing him right there in the hospital, which would have been super easy, um, <laughs> lots of ways to kill someone on bed rest. Uh, instead, she takes him, which again, here's another sequence. She takes the kid out, and then once. Uh, the, she tricks the, the sister into going to her house. The sister goes to her house, sees that she fucking stabbed her own dad in his neck. And then she's like, oh shit, she's not here and she's dangerous. So she calls her mom. She says, hey, you know, where the fuck is Mia? And she's like, what are you talking about? Mia's here. And she's like, well, Mia's fucking dangerous. She's like, oh shit. So she, mom runs back to the hospital. The fucking kid is gone. This kid is in the worst condition I've ever <laughs> seen a human being. And you work at a hospital and let someone move him? <laughs> I thought the same thing. Like, how the fuck do you make it all the way out of the building like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, anyways. Go on a stroll. Get some fresh air. Yeah. (laughs) I can't even fuck. Yeah, this is my brother. (laughs) Yeah. I'm black and he's white, but this is my brother so I can do this. Yeah, this is my brother. Uh, Don't worry about it at all. What are these scissors for? Don't worry about it. So she takes him all the way up into like a little section where she there's a highway now. She takes him over to a highway. There's like an underpass and she's sitting on this hill just above the highway. And as this is happening, the like it keeps changing from our uh, you know real life perspective to her perspective. And she can see the demon that is possessing Riley. Like she can see this like really fucked up, decrepit, like old person. Um, and it's crazy that they didn't use any makeup for this old person at all. They just found the most decrepit. <laughs> fu- I'm just kidding. <laughs> Reminded me a little bit of uh, the woman from The Shining. Yeah, yeah. I kind of see that. Similar vibe. Like rotting. Maybe okay. inspired. Who knows? Maybe. Um, and then the mom shows up. Again, the mom is getting worse and worse. And the mom's like, you know what you have to do. Like, whatever. So then... You know, there's this moment where they then I love this shot, by the way. I thought this was really cool. This is a really good shot. So what it seems like it's about to have, she's right about to fucking push Riley into traffic to kill him uh, because she's like, hey, I couldn't kill the kangaroo that was dead on the side of the road. Maybe someone else is better at this than I am. They'll fucking kill him. They'll run him over. And so they cut to a still like a very still shot from the backseat of a random couple's car. And then you just hear a crash and then the car in front of them swerves and then you hear like the an impact. And again, just the sound design, this impact of the yeah. fucking their windshield just cracking and then they swerve off and onto the side of the road. Cut to it's Mia who's laying in the middle of the road and just behind her. What a twist. What a twist. So just behind her is Riley uh, being held by his sister. And she's like, what the fuck? And then it, it literally cut to and she's in the hospital. And she's like, wait, what the fuck is going on? Like, where's Riley? And she walks over to his room and he's like, all better. No, not, he's not fucked up anymore. And she's like, what, what is happening? And then she sees her dad and like, you know, they had said earlier that the dad was in the ambulance. She didn't actually kill him in that moment. She just stabbed him and she's trying to run after her dad. And then she experiences this moment where she said earlier that she had a nightmare where she would look into a mirror and her reflection wasn't there. And she has this moment. And so adds like this really surreal scene. And I, I liked this scene a lot. I liked this sequence a lot. I thought this was really well done of this showing of like, I guess this transitioning, you know, of, of where she is to where she's going because it starts, you know, to very become very clear that she's not really in these spaces. Right. So then, 
you know, as she's like going, like trying to move around, she's trying to find her dad. Her dad goes into an elevator. The elevator's door closed and everything goes black. And then it's all black around her. She's like, what the fuck is happening? Then you hear the lighting of a match. Very, again, I love the shot. Very, very faint, tiny little like streams of yellow light in the far distance. And you can barely, like they're barely visible. She starts to move towards them. And we all know like what this, you, you knew what this was at this moment too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that someone has lit this candle. But here's what I didn't expect. I expected this to be someone who found the candle like years later and they're trying to talk to Mia now. But what ends up happening is she finally walks up to this light and reaching across the light is a normal hand. She grabs the hand and, you know, she hears like talk to me. And then it's these this like whole like family, like you know a bunch of people standing around each other and they start speaking a different language. And then it cuts to her. And you can see her and she's holding the hand. She's all scarred up and like fucked up from, you know, when she was hit because everyone appears as the way that they died. Yeah. And uh, she is holding the other hand. It's the other hand. It's, you know, she's holding the right hand. She's holding the left hand with her left hand instead of the right hand with her right hand like the other one is. And the so it's like that, the one that they spoke about earlier. Yeah. The one they spoke about earlier. And now it's in another, it, you know, it's the other people have the other hand and the guy says, you know, I let you in and then cut two credits. Like yeah. That's literally the end of the movie. I liked this ending of the movie, but at the same time, does it not follow the same plot structure? I know how I'm going to end the cycle. I'm going to do things differently. Yeah. And then, oh, wait, I didn't. Okay. Now to my quick theory. Okay. Here we go. It's David's theory time. David's theory time. I think that when she held the hand and talked to her mom, that was the only time she was actually talking to her mom. I don't think any other time it was actually her mom. And I think that whatever what happened to her mom is some other demon who was taking control of her. I was really hoping the twist was going to be that her mom had the other hand the whole time. Like that's what we, it turns out. And like she got all fucked up that way. But they don't really delve into that or explain that at all. But my theory is that whatever this thing was, well, if these things can possess you and make themselves look like your loved ones like they did with the dad. I don't think the mom was ever the mom. I think that because like, think about it. She's like, no, no, no. Your friend Riley's like really in trouble. You need to go where he is. Like she tries to convince her to go to that other fucking yeah, yeah, side. Yeah. And then she's telling her like, you know what you have to do? You have to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's no, like, I, I thought but, she was evil. The but, whole time. Yeah. If the thing dies, if he dies while they're possessing him or whatever, like they still are, then he stays there forever. So like, you know, she's this, this, you know, evil figure whatever. And it just like, it goes back to the very beginning where when the brothers are dealing with the same thing, when right before he, right before the kid who kills himself stabs his brother, he goes, you're not him. And then he stabs him. Right. Mm. And what's crazy about that line is the reason why I remember it so distinctly is because when he said that, he was like, I, the first thing that went through my head is, bro, you're not him. You're not that, <laughs> you are not him. You're bro. not that guy. You are you're not, not that, that guy. guy pal. My, trust me. Trust me. Uh, but yeah, so he's like, you're not him. And then he stabs him. So that's my, you know, little theory is that the mom was not actually her mom the whole time that she was actually just a demon that was like, whatever. And what actually happened to her mom? I have no idea. You know what I'm saying? I think maybe her mom actually did kill herself and like, you know, the scratching, whatever is just like bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, or, or just irrelevant. 
And the demon's just trying to convince her, like, no, I didn't kill myself. I swear, you know, whatever, to make her not trust her dad, to make her not trust herself, to kind of drive her crazy the way that the kid at the very beginning was was driven crazy. And then she ends up doing the exact same thing that he does and ends up killing herself. So, you know, as a whole, again, like, the, you know, what do I think the metaphor of the entire movie is? Yes, I think the hand is a metaphor for drugs. But this is, again, it leans too much to these other things where even It Follows, even It Follows has this same issue that all these movies have that I haven't even brought up. So you know I've laid out the plot structure and you know I laid out this beat by beat what happens in the movie. What else is true about all of these things? They are a metaphor for grieving. All of these movies are a metaphor about grieving. Every single character in Smile, The Bye Bye Man, you know, Truth or Dare, fucking, you know what I'm saying? All of them, all of them. The main character has lost somebody recently. Even in the fucking Boogeyman. And whatever demon that they're dealing with, fucking the, the goddamn Babadook is the same shit almost. Babadook. I mean, obviously the Babadook way goes outside of that plot structure, but still. Like that, it's not just that they're that it's they're the same fucking metaphor. It's the same metaphor in all these movies. And this movie is no different. This movie is about a girl who is grieving. And I think that the drug metaphor is about bad coping mechanisms. It's instead of dealing with my issues and we know what's going on. I'm trying to distract from them and go feel something else and feel different. And so I go do these drugs, whatever, until it gets so bad that I let it, you know, fucking destroy me. Yeah. So that, I mean, like, is it a bad message? No, but it's just so, it's, it's, that's what all the rest of them overplayed. are. It's overplayed. It's overplayed. It's uh, overplayed. Yeah. You know, and it's like, like yeah, you Having want to a compare mess- this to Hereditary? Hereditary tricks you into thinking the movie's about grief, and it's not. <laughs> yeah, essentially. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, yeah, still that undertone of, of uh, yeah, what what, what Bad passes. coping mechanisms for grieving. I just love, like, what 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 passes from one generation to the next. And this, uh, that's what I love about hereditary a lot. I love the idea of inheriting a mental illness or whatever. And, uh, but anyways, I inheriting a demon that your ancestors, bro, spoiler alert, bro. Fuck, um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, um, no, uh, uh, I, I am kind of, I'm almost fatigued with having, like feeling the need, the need to have a metaphor or message, Sometimes I just want straight, pure horror. And I like tapping in, like, I like tapping into emotional uh, parts of horror films and stuff. It's, you know, like I said, I, I talked about the scene in this movie that made me start tearing up. But it's not always necessary. And it sometimes it really detracts from what could be um, just better as... Yeah, it's like the Straight like they're like, well, we can't horror. just make a horror movie. We have to make a message with a horror movie element, with a horror movie setting. And I'm like, no, you don't. Like, yeah. go go watch the fucking go watch the Halloween, like the original Halloween. There's no fucking message in that movie. It's just yeah. scary. Yeah, it's just scary. I mean, I, I, you know? I'm thinking of a sinister. You know, sinister. Sinister. There's not, no message. Well, I mean, the message is kind of like workaholic, being a workaholic, distracting you from your family, like that kind of thing. But even then, it's like a tad. It's like that's a, that's a background thing. It's a you know like. But it's like it's not like I, I get what you're saying. Where like in Sinister, it's not that the monster is a metaphor for something. The monster is just a monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like other things happening in the movie that are like good character building. Yeah. But the monster is not a metaphor for grieving. You know, like I get what you're saying. And in Sinister, another movie that we can say that I have to go to the expert for this. 
how do you beat this? That, that's that's Bagul. So he's a he's like, yeah. All right. and yeah, Sinister. Do, and again, yeah. how does Sinister start by showing you the last people who dealt with this <laughs> yeah, yeah. and what happened to them? Yeah, you know. Of course, I think Sinister deviates from this plot enough to not care. Right. You know, and I'm not saying every, you know, you can only have a good horror movie if it's a slasher movie. But at the same time, I've seen the original Exorcist and it fucking sucks. That movie is boring as shit. So paranormal is hard to do. Paranormal is really hard to do. I think it follows is probably one of the better paranormal type of movies that I've seen. And it's really difficult to get that movie to get paranormal right and have it not be cheesy and bullshitty. And like, you know, for, for all of these reasons. Right. Because even even like paranormal activity went down that road like they started they started doing the oh let's explain the monster let's go oh let's go talk to the people who used to deal with this apparently this other girl from the first movie you know whatever yeah yeah um fucking final destination does this bullshit in every movie they do this by the way uh they in all seven movies they talk to the previous movies people um but yeah it's just like if i go to my fucking shelf right now the movies i was willing to buy and you look at those horror structures. Not everything in there is a fucking metaphor. Like, what is the monster metaphor in Goodnight Mommy? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is the monster metaphor in fucking It Follows? Or not It, it Follows. Um, it Comes STDs. at Night. STDs. Duh. Right. Everyone knows that. Name another movie. <laughs> another scary movie? Yeah. Um, Gothica. <laughs> <laughs> got your ass. Got your fucking ass, dude. The Return with Sarah Michelle Geller. <laughs> What's the metaphor in the sadness? Don't say horn. Don't say I'm going to come. <laughs> Not say I'm going to come. Uh, don't come. I'm don't. I'm don't do it. I'm going to come. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um... So that uh, let's let's we we we've already eliminated. Is there any final thoughts you have before we? No, that, okay, that, that's it. That's All it. Right. But yeah, you guys get what our point is. It's not. We're not saying this movie was terrible. Yeah, it's just when we're talking about being excited for new horror, I want a new horror. I want new horror. Yeah, I want someone to be doing something different with the game. And don't compare new movies to these other movies that were that did that. Unless they're gonna do it. Don't fucking say this movie is as good as Hereditary. Don't say this movie is a classic. It's not. I will probably never see this movie again. Yeah, calling it a classic is crazy. Like, Flying Lotus is tripping for that. But, um. <laughs> uh, but he's a very sane and adjust, well adjusted person. So <laughs> yeah. that's. Now, he, he, his movie is filming right now, so. I hope we get to do his where's movie. Where's the next? The where's the, put Captain Murphy on Spotify, bitch. <laughs> True. Please. Captain Murphy, man. Woo! Um. So we've already talked about our favorite scene at at length. At so that. you got to pick a different favorite part of the movie. So a different favorite part of the yes. movie. Yes, I say you eliminate that, but you got to tell me another one. Uh, the scratching sound. The scratching sound. That's a good one. There you I'm go. gonna say. My, also, oh, I do want to say this too. I have talked about how much I hate the uh, paranormal section of Hereditary, and I still I, I still stand on that. It's the worst part of the movie. Um, I want to give credit to this movie for doing a good job of doing a seance type scene. I thought that they did that is really true. Well. Their seance scene was more, you know, it, it was shot really well. It's not anything different than what we've seen before, but I think in the context of it being at a party and people filming and shit like that, that was pretty interesting. Yeah, it's just it's like different. a seance in, you know, 2023. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I liked it. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, my favorite, like, I think, you know, like I said, just the sound design in general. I think it adds a lot to this movie. Um, least favorite part of the movie? I mean, I, I feel like the toe-sucking scene is, is up there. But, <laughs> it has to be. But at least, yeah. that, mm. at least I w- will remember that. At least, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're, like wh- what do we always say? It's better to be bad than boring. Yeah. So that scene was bad. Some of this movie is fucking boring as shit. Yeah. I don't remember what her sister looks like. She was in the first. She has a sister, by the way. She's in the first, you know, second scene of the movie. Oh, yeah. And we don't fucking see her for the rest of the movie. What was the significance of that at all? Anything? No. Fuck. She doesn't even show up when she's dead. She doesn't show up when she stabs her fucking dad in the neck. Like, where the fuck is she? Her sister peaced out to America. <laughs> so it's just like that. That to me is like, I, what? what is my least favorite part of this movie? It's everything I don't fucking remember because it was so boring. Yeah, I feel you on that. Um, yeah, that, there's a lot that I could pick. So, um, but yeah, the toe, the toe sucking one is just like it. That's when it really took me out of the movie because I was at least attempting to connect even during the b- boring parts, and I was like, "All right, all right, jokes on me," <laughs> you know, right. like just, it just took me out of the movie. I don't know because to go from really connecting, being in tears, uh, having this moment of fear, shock, uh, sadness, grief—like I'm connecting, I'm connecting, I'm connecting—and then just scenes later, they're like toe sucking scene. I'm like, "All right, yeah." It just took me out. With all that said, I, I mean, as of right now, because I'm choosing to focus more on the things I liked about this movie and the potential that it had, I'm going to give it a five out of ten. But it's definitely closer to a four than a six. Uh huh. Okay. You know, it's like it's like removing several scenes away from being a, a five or being a six, but it's also removing one scene to being a three. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I'm definitely floating somewhere around there as well. Um, I would have to go higher than a five only because of the amount of potential I really saw in the moments that shined. Uh, but yeah, definitely does not reach six. So um, yeah, uh, you know, this is towards like a 5.3. Uh, I don't even know if I could go five and a half for this one. So um, it's just so it's just so all over the place. Uh, but you know, shout out to people getting an opportunity. I hope that this does well. Obviously, I would love to see this same director, directors. I don't know. We'll find out in the next part. Um, get another shot and get another chance to make a, a movie because again, there was a lot of potential stuff that worked. I will go see whatever they do next. Yeah, you know. And like I said, I I, I think this movie is worth going to go see. You know. Yeah. And if it comes out on streaming or something, definitely go check it out. Because for sure, you know, even even if just for that scene, like, you know, that was so creative and so well done. It's just. Yeah, I'm excited yeah, to see it's this. It's just scene. a marvel of it's the peak of cinema. <laughs> it's the peak of cinema. Uh, speaking of that, I do want to say before we go into part two, I'm going to, you know, if you listen last week, uh, David gave me a little factor cap. Uh, uh, segment. I'm going to throw a super miniature version of that uh, at him uh, before we dive into the actual part two, part two. So, so join us in the after party for Factor right. Cap mini edition. Uh huh. And we will uh, see you guys after the break. One second. Bye. Talk to me. Why don't you talk to me? Like you used to, you don't talk to me. Why don't 
And welcome back to part two of the pod. Yeah, that was only, Daniel, that was only for the special. That was only for the anniversary. We're not doing this. We're not doing this the rest of this year. We're not doing the rest of the season. It's enough. Welcome to the after party, sluts. Where are my sluts at, you skanks? Fucking whores. Where are you at? Where you at? Where are my whores at? Where are my sex workers at? I knew you were going to go to sex workers. Where are my sex workers? Where are my prostitutes at? Let's go, bitch. What the fuck? Where are my cunts at? Where are my stupid cunts at? (laughs) (laughs) We are back for part two. We're back. We've got uh, quite a bit of stuff, but before we even get started. Before we get started. Damn, you've got a factor cap for me, dude. I sure do. Now, look. Yeah, we went and saw Talk to Me. Okay, okay. I don't know why I'm sound, I sound like Dennis Miller. I we, we went and saw Talk to Me, and uh, that does not mean that the world has moved on from the Barbieheimer. This now, is true. Our theater was fucking packed abs- with Barbie girls, absolutely, and packed. Barbie boys, and Barbie boys, um, and, and Barbie they them. Barbie, they, I knew you were going there. So that's funny that we we just see each other. Um, so. Since David, you know, kind of surprised me with the factor cap, I'm going to surprise him with the factor cap, and he has to decide fact or cap, okay? Okay. Uh, and this is still in the Barbieheimer universe, Is okay? this an opinion or, or an actual, like, true or false? Thing? An actual, like, an opinion, like you did okay. for me, okay? Now, this, is, this part's true. Oppenheimer's grandson says that he had uh, really enjoyed Oppenheimer, but he had a huge issue with the poison apple scene. He said, there is no record of him trying to kill somebody, and that is a very serious accusation, and it is historical revision. Someone says, that's definitely the part that I'd be upset about for sure. Fact or cap? Um, (laughs) You know, I feel like I get what they're trying to say. They're sarcastically saying, that's what you're upset about? I mean, um, listen, he doesn't kill his professor. He does cheat on his wife a lot. A lot. And I'm glad that we're talking about this because I forgot to call him Oppenhammer. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will say this. I'll say that's Cap because everything else, if, if he is correct, everything else is of historical record. You know what I'm saying? That is unintentionally attacking the character of you know, his relative. Yeah. That's unfair. Everything else is fair because this actually happened. Saying that is, ex- is extreme. Yeah. He actually did do that thing to the apple. He didn't actually drop the bomb in Hiroshima. Right. Um, and, and you have to remember, like we said on the episode, when he started making the bomb, the plan was to drop it on Hitler. Easy decision. No one cares. Right. Right. So there you go. I think that's cap. I think he. I think if that's your relative, you have the right to be offended by anything you want. And the thing that's not verifiable, yeah, you do. That's the thing you should be upset about. There you go. All right, perfect. Let's switch back to the Barbie part of the Barbieheimer. Um, factor cap. A girl at the cinema did not wear pink for Barbie, and I saw them take her out back, and I heard gunshots. Fact. <laughs> 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 you heard it here first. Dave is like, oh, trust me. Yeah, I've been hearing that. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was, that was such a funny tweet. And I'm joking, guys. Obviously, that's Cap. If you're not wearing pink, they hand you a pink shirt at the freaking door. Everyone knows this. Everyone knows. All right, and then uh, last one for you, Dave. 
let's go back to the Oppenheimer side of things. That is what we saw and reviewed, right? Um, someone said, Oppenheimer said, I feel bad about making the bomb. And Truman said, Go outside, nerd. Get out. Go. I ain't got time to be distracted by your worthless chime ins. Go on. <laughs> Factor cap. <laughs> uh, you know what? Fact. <laughs> I think it's I love that scene with Truman because he's like he's like oh oh that's your bomb that's crazy because I'm pretty sure I'm the one who dropped it so <laughs> yeah. what did he, what did he say he said a line like as he was leaving he's like get that son bitch out of here so I don't even remember um, but anyways get that commie motherfucker <laughs> um, I get here nerd that, I thought that was great what um, was that from. Uh, righteous gemstones. Righteous. <laughs> Go on, nerd. Go on. He's talking to uh, BJ. Go on, nerd. I'm gonna get bothered by your worthless chime-ins, um, <laughs> bro. Well, that was Factor Cap. I just wanted to. Uh, it was it was fun to you know answer them, but I wanted to provide some as well. And we still wanted to capitalize on the Barbieheimer thing. So woo, money. Yeah, now we can use that hashtag on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so moving on to talk to me. Uh, I have some interesting stuff. So we kept saying directors question mark because me and Daniel like heard these rumors that this is like a brother duo, which part we always got to go support our brother duos, right guys? Facts. All right. Um, so this is a brother duo. What's interesting about these guys is that apparently they are fucking huge on YouTube. I don't recognize them at all, but apparently they have over a billion views on their YouTube channel. Wild. Uh, I don't recognize their name. I don't know what even the name of their like studio. It's like. I don't even want to say it because it sounds like a slur. Paramount Pictures. It's Racka Racka. Does that sound familiar at all? Racka Racka? Racka Racka. No. No? Okay. But what is also interesting is that in the actual film industry, they both worked on The Babadook, which is a movie we brought up in this uh, segment. And uh, it was just funny because I was like, wait, these guys were on The Babadook? And then I looked at their like actual credit and it was like production assistant and fucking electrical. So it's like they were like, you know, like they worked on it, you know, like work, like actual work. Yeah. Um, shout out, man. The, the grind. Which, you know, being a creative is actual work. We do support writers. We support the writer's strike. Moving on. Um. So this is obviously their theatrical debut. This is their first movie. According to this, what I'm reading, they turned down the opportunity to direct a DCEU movie. Now, of course, you know, any fucking hobo on the street can direct a (laughs) DCEU movie. So (laughs) that doesn't mean that much. And of course, they were like, "Mm, nah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, we don't want that to be our first thing. Honestly. That's that's really what. Hey, you know what? I, I... we actually went to see this shit. We wouldn't have seen the fucking DCU movie. That is so true. If you really want to make it in the industry, you need to get yourself on a wild dream. Uh-huh. And <laughs> everyone knows that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, a lot of the trivia is just kind of based around like a lot of these people. This is their first thing. This is, you know, the lead actress this is her first leading role. This is their first, um, you know, directorial debut. Um, and but here's something that I thought was interesting, if true. Right. It's hard because with these really small indie movies, it's kind of hard with the IMDb trivia to know what is like actual fact. Um, But here's what I will say. According to this trivia, the second possession scene, which includes our favorite scene in the movie, um, apparently that whole scene, including the montage, took them about an hour and a half to film, which is insane because normally, you know, an hour of filming is like five minutes of actual usable footage yeah it's like usually it takes a whole day like that's what i was thinking like that would be a whole day that sequence yeah you would think but apparently 
Which, which I mean, it, it took us an hour to shoot like some dog shit for right. Frog Shadow. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, like that shot that we got of the dog shit. What? Oh yeah, yeah. that got cut from the thing. <laughs> yeah, it took us an hour because they're trying to figure out. Uh, we're, we're perfectionists, if you can't tell by the this show, the show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyways. Um, but yeah, so that I thought that that's was awesome. That's interesting. Impressive. If if true. It's true. true. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, when I, cab. but when I read that, like one of the things I thought was like, you said like, that would be a whole day. That would be such a fun day of shooting. Oh man. Yeah. That'd be right. Awesome. But I also understand why it would only take that long because with low budget movies like this, when you do that much gore, you try and keep it to as minimal as possible. You're going to get red fucking blood all over the carpet. You're going to get it all over your props, all over your actor. And then having to reset any of that shit, it's pretty insane. But it's also yeah. like a, even more, if that is true, that's even more of a credit to this uh, kid actor. Because he, if he was able to perform that with enough time for them to film this whole thing in an hour. You know what I'm saying? He yeah, he's a one that. shot king. Yeah, man. that's yeah. what I'm saying. So yeah, that's all I had. Daniel? Uh, yeah, I got a decent amount of comments and here. That's all the time we have. Thank you guys. I have a <laughs> yeah. So I have a decent amount of comments here. Um, there seems to be an overwhelming positive of to this. Like even the scores on Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic, which who cares? They're not Wild Dream. Um, they're like really right. high, really really high. This this comment says Mia deciding to use the cursed as fuck hand repeatedly to fix all of the problems that were caused by it. It's a bold strategy. Um, <laughs> Most people addicted to drugs think more drugs are better. Exactly, which everyone is agreeing on that. They're like, yeah, this is a drug metaphor, 100%. Um, but to be fair, they say that the metaphor for It Follows is about SCDs, and the director and writer are like, no, it's not. Yeah, which I, I think I might go ahead and mention... Uh, I'm, I'm going to mention this. Again, this is not confirmed. I have not researched this or, or anything, okay? Okay. Someone in the comments, this is just a person on Reddit. There is no, I'm not, look, Wild Dream takes our legal action very seriously. I'm not saying this is true. I'm just reading. Someone said that the demonic possession is based off of the directors seeing a friend overdose on video at a party. I believe that. I believe that those videos are based off, maybe not the all of the possession scenes, but the videos of people being possessed I think, yeah, it goes back to your, because you mentioned that. You mentioned that, that that part of like that negative party culture that would yeah. do shit like that. I believe that that could be true. Yeah. You know, but, I think, because yeah. what it makes me think about is it also kind of makes me think about um, the book uh, that was then and this is now, which if you haven't read that book, you know, that involves like drugs and overdosing and, and you know, some people not taking it as seriously and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I mean, that was, yeah, it, it was exactly the point that you made. Like when I watch, when I'm looking at the people watching that and filming that, I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Yeah. And it's like, well, no, this is like, you would think that it's surreal, but there are people who have filmed people passed out. There are people who have filmed people being sexually assaulted, passed out drunk. Yeah. Yeah. At a party and be like, ha, this dude, this is crazy. Yeah. All kinds of like, shit. Like it's just yeah. like, yeah, it, it, it sounds unbelievable because it should be. Right. 
Um, someone said even the audio mixing is hor- horrific. At the beginning, when they hit Jade with the pillow, it's a hard ass thump. Yeah, bro, they give her as um, a concussion on that. <laughs> yeah, you said like I, I wanted to mention that because that's ex- the exact first you know thing that you mentioned. Like, oh wow. Uh, someone said, bro, there were so many audio jump scares. I can forgive them since the filmmaking was superb, but Jesus. When Mia slapped herself towards the end, it was such a high piercing treble sound that it made the entire theater jump. I don't um, think it was intended to be a jump scare. I don't either. So I think that they're little pussies, but like... Uh, I do think they're, they're being little pussies because yeah. when you go watch an actual cheap jump scare... Like, there's no horror to it. It's just a cheap jump scare. And it's usually a musical sting. Exactly. It's not actually audio in the scene. Like, if you want some fucking dog shit jump scares, just watch the trailer for The Nun 2. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. Cheap, fucking cheesy ass bullshit jump scares with big musical stings. So true. And just bad editing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, oh, I was, I have to mention this. Uh, I was going to say this while we were talking about it, but I know that Dave hasn't seen this movie, so I didn't want to really bring it up. But now that someone else confirmed it and I feel like validated, I'll bring it up. Someone said the, that scene of Riley in limbo surrounded by spirits, uh, I had mentioned it kind of looked like an inferno or something. Um, that scene, uh, this person said it reminded them of the movie society. I, uh, thought that as well in the theater as I was like oh my god this is just like the shunting scene in society um, if you don't know what that is I don't have to watch the movie I live in a society (laughs) we live in a society Um, if you you don't have to watch the whole movie obviously Um, I think it's a fun watch it's a great like during Halloween season type thing Um, but if you don't want to watch the whole thing just look try and YouTube maybe shunting scene in society it's fucking bonkers um Someone said the entire movie, Mia kept ignoring her dad's phone calls. And at the end, her dad was ignoring her as she called out to him. Wow, dude, that's deep, bro. But you know what, though? We know some people where the, her ignoring her dad's phone calls like makes total sense to us. We all have friends and family that their parents call them and they answer and they're like, hey, what are you doing? I'm hanging out. Where? What the? Why do we have this conversation? <laughs> yeah, this this comment just says "Requiem for a Demon." Thoughts? Hear me out. <laughs> Factor cap. Um, and then the last comment I want to mention: someone said it's uh, now. Uh, not only do I want to mention this because it's finally someone who's a little contrarian, but their last sentence is so important, and I can't believe neither of us mentioned it. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe neither of us mentioned this. They say, this is good, but I'm kind of surprised how many people found it really scary. This is such a good idea, and it's just a different enough take on a possession in afterlife uh, horror. It could have easily been another Ouija type of horror movie, but it, it goes for it, and it hits its mark more often than not. It actually could have benefited from a slower first act, which cap (laughs) i heavily disagree and showing us a bit more about mia before we thrust into this thing again disagree has some great representation of grief loss and those hand scenes are great the characters make some terrible horror movie decisions we 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 didn't mention that but i guess it'd probably be like that if some dumb kids get a hold of this hand uh sophie wilde does a very good job as the lead and this has a very strong ending i hated jade's ringtone (laughs) 
<laughs> Dude, it's just another one of those things where it's like, is this supposed to be funny? Right. And, well, the, and the timing of when they play <laughs> it. Was it was, wasn't that like early 2000s? Like Dude, ring, I don't know. Kind of like Crazy Frog? Oh, yeah, something like that. Like, ring, I remember that when I was a kid, but I just like, what? what is the purpose what? Yeah. of this? I oh god, I'm just this, glad. this needs to be left on the cutting room floor. Yes, you know, a hundred percent. Um, yeah, but that's all I wanted to bring up. A lot of people really like this. Uh, I think it is absolutely getting overhyped. Um, but I could kind of see why. Uh, with with the way the last couple of horror movies that we've seen. Yeah, if you compare it to those, this is a masterpiece. <laughs> right. It's like when they start saying, hey, this is as good as Hereditary, this is a classic, I'm like, literally die. And then, uh, but it's like, yeah, compared to the Boogeyman, I think it was probably better than the new in- Insidious movie. I don't remember what I gave the new Insidious movie. It's on my Instagram. You guys go find out. But like, it's as good, if not better than that movie. Um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with that. But it's also like, we are now in late July, you know, going into August, which means we are the furthest from the most recent spooky season. Yeah. So you guys forgot what horror really is, because that's the time of the year where you get to go watch fucking everything. Yeah. You know? And so, uh, I mean, not that, you know, of course, there's those people out there who watch horror all year. And, you know, to our to our credit, we are that way as well. But, yeah, like this, this is a recency bias. For sure. Um, so yeah, it's not, it's getting over overhyped. It's getting blown out of proportion. It's it's getting crazy. Yeah, uh, uh, comparisons. Uh, but there is a lot of potential here. I'm obviously going to support some uh, YouTube brother team creatives. Like absolutely. Right. Um, that's such a like awesome story that they they made it to this level. So it's just like hell yeah. Like keep making them. But yeah, this one was raw. And then there's plenty to work on, plenty to fix. Um, and I think they would probably feel the same way. Um, so, uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to what they make next. But, uh, yeah, this one was just kind of middle of the road for me. Yep. I totally agree. But we also want to know what you guys think. Yeah, about tell this. us what you fucking think. Tell us what you think about this episode. Tell us what you thought about this movie. If you went to go see it, tell us what you thought about Barbie. If you went to go see it, since I'm sure you have everyone in the world has. So true. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to share this podcast with all of your friends and family and coworkers and uh, all of the people that you know and meet and all of the people that you interact with on a daily basis. Tell them about the podcast. And then if they tell three people that they know about the podcast and then those three Three people tell three people of each of theirs that they know. I mean, come on, guys. I can I can put you on the phone right now with someone who makes one hundred billion dollars. I really can from telling people about this. From telling like it's it, guys. Come on, look at this Facebook. Like check out this Facebook profile of the billionaire who (laughs) promotes our podcast. Yeah. Uh, So go tell all your friends and family and coworkers. Please leave us a review on Spotify and Apple podcast please guys five stars only or we'll fucking kill you (laughs) (laughs) please (laughs) and hit us up on socials at wild dream pod tiktok twitter and instagram thank you guys for listening and we will see you next time good night goodbye Honkenheimer. That's the new hit. It's...
dude, with Oppenheimer and talk to me. Well, yeah, you know, some studios are trying to make it happen. Um, what if, do you think that the porno parody of this is like a, a, a dick and they grab it and they say, fuck me. But then they say, I let you in.